This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into another week of fun and excitement tonight. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk shows want to charge you for accessing their sites. We give ours away at freetalklive.com. Uh, coming up, you Guard, you are just stacked to the brim with uh, show prep tonight. Yeah. And one of the stories is one I'd wanted to get to Saturday, but it, as you know, the Saturday shows can be... Fairly packed with the phone calls. All Mark sh- has to say is, I like the military. And boom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. This show is about your call. So hold the thought on the Obama indefinite detention madness. First, we're going to the phones to an unscreened call on the amp line. Hello, who's this? Hey, guys, it's Brian New Hampshire. Hey there, hey, Brian. Brian. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, I just wanted to fill you guys in on something that happened last week. Um, it was about my son Miller's uh, uh, concealed carry uh, reconsideration. Right. They, uh, Miller is 16, and he had gone to uh, to get the concealed carry permit here in New Hampshire, which is supposed to be shall issue, meaning if you go in there and you're not, you know, ranting like a madman or have been a convicted felon, uh, they should or they shall issue you the uh, the permit. Now, of course, uh, I don't believe that anybody should have to ask for a permit to exercise a right, but nonetheless, uh, people do that. And even though there's nothing in the New Hampshire laws about being less than 18 to get one of these things, he was denied based on his age, right? Yes, that's right. The uh, police chief came back and said, uh, you are denied because you are not an adult. So Miller called him up and said, hey, uh, I can't find anywhere in your rules, your uh, your statutes that say that uh, that uh, only people who are adults can get these concealed carry licenses. It says that, you know, you shall issue to a, a you know, person that uh, is, uh, uh, you know, you shall issue to. What did uh, they say? Well, so well, we, we went to court uh, and, you know, I thought it was going to be a slam dunk. And this call <laughs> basically is to... Uh, is to warn people about assuming things because uh, <laughs> yeah. well you, you are know, using I, their I, system I Brian slam dunk you know we're going to be we're going to be the uh, on the on the plaintiff side uh, you know the police chief is going to be on the defendant side what could he possibly do never get cocky when you go to court that's that's lesson one well plus uh, also remember that you are going up against all of them together I mean the court is on the side of the state it's employed by the state they all hang out together uh, they, they're they're buddies so it's never going to be an easy task and uh, I don't even know if if this stuff can be changed within the court system uh, so um, so far our best successes in court have basically to be been to minimize damage or yeah. to or to avoid it never to actually turn anything around and you know guys it seems like a properly functioning court is determined only by the people who run the court, not the people who have to get siphoned through it like meat through a meat grinder. So what happened today, so, Brian? Yeah, Brian, tell us the story. So here's how it was. It was actually it was last Wednesday, oh, okay. and it was uh, the normal traffic court day. You know, uh, this little town uh, court here, where you know people people basically line up to beg the prosecutor to lower their sentence from you know a 35 miles out and miles over the limit to 20 miles, or you know. It, it, it's all this, uh, you know. Everybody begs and pleads. Well, There's sure. Really people no have to put food on. on. 
But people have to put food on the table. Uh, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck, barely with anything uh, resembling savings. And then the government comes in and uh, victimizes people with all their tickets for whatever and their citations. And they just want the thing to go away, but they'd like to get a, you know, pay a little bit less. So they'll beg. And uh, hopefully they'll have to pay master a little bit less for, uh, for doing what they said they weren't supposed to do. Uh, so they can get back to their life of trying to put food back on the table. You know, none of this helps anyone. And uh, little do they realize that if just you know a certain percentage of them were to refuse to pay and force them to lock them in jail cells, they would never actually be able to, simply because there just isn't that enough room in all of the jails, and uh, they don't have enough money to afford to lock us all up. But it's very difficult to be the first person to get arrested. It's and very difficult to take that kind of risk, and people are frightened of taking risks, and they've been educated against it. And isn't it interesting, you guys, how um, you know traditionally the law and order people are the old-school conservatives, you know, that sort of thing. But they fall off the wagon when it comes to this very simple, very easy case of the fact that your son Miller has a right, supposedly protected by the U.S. Constitution, to be able to defend himself with a firearm. I mean, it's very simple. These these sorts of problems arise, and for some reason I don't understand why, but the old-school conservatives find it very convenient not to look at these things. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about what the court just did to this young man, because uh, law and order to us is whatever the courts are saying. The court and, is God. Yeah, yeah, it's extremely well, frustrating. You know, it, it's, it's not even that. It was, it was just the whole procedure, and it, it, a lot of it was my assumptions. You know, I, I've been in this court a couple of times uh, for various things. You know, I'm spending more and more time in there than I, I should be. But um, uh, they, they have, you know, in, in the court, I've seen all the shows on TV, you know, the, the plaintiffs are on one side, the defendants are on the other side, and that's just how it works. And so, you know, during this traffic court, you had the, uh, the, the, uh, the state, the prosecutor, as you're looking at the judge, the state is on the left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these poor souls would go up there, and, and if you, they try to put their hands in their pockets, the bailiff, you know, wax, wax them on the hand, and says, you know, you can take your hands out of your pocket, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, stand for the judge, sit down for the judge, all this stuff. So, you know, uh, and they, they beg for, you know, a reduction of their sentence, or yes, I've talked to the prosecutor, and we can do this, or whatever. And I was thinking, well, okay, we're different. We're suing them. You know, it, yeah. I, 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 Miller's the plaintiff. The police chief is the defendant. It says right there on the papers, Miller versus the police chief. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was thinking, you know, after they're all done with all the, you know, traffic stuff, uh, uh, you know, they, they would all clear the court because they don't want people to actually see this. And the prosecutor would leave. And then we'd go out there. We'd sit on the left. The police chief would sit on the right. And the judge would say, why did you deny this? You, you know, the burden of proof is on you to say why this isn't a, a you know, a, this person isn't sufficient to receive this uh, CCL. Seems so far like you've been making reasonable presumptions. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't think those things? You know what they say when, when you assume. <laughs> well, so, yeah. right in the middle, right in the middle of traffic court, uh, uh, they, they call his name. You know, he's near the end of the alphabet. You know, Travis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they call his name, and I think, oh, okay, well, I'll go up there. And, and I was heading towards the the, uh, the 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 left desk where I should be, and they said, oh no, you go you go stand over there. You and Miller, you know, stand over because I'm Miller's uh, uh, lawyer, I guess, in this yeah. case, his representative. Yeah. Did you file paperwork for that? Normally, they demand that. Did you, no, did you... I, I think because I'm a parent, I'm automatic. Ah, okay. Because I'm not even sure he can he can stand there without without being. Got it. He can have a concealed carry license, not as an adult, but I'm not sure he can stand before the court and, okay. and defend himself. So I, they I said, really okay, obey us, go, go over there. Then what? What's that? So they said, obey us and go over there, and then what? Yeah, 
And, and so, you know, I, I'm already off my guard. I'm already off my game. I, I, I apparently wasn't prepared enough for their, their, what they were trying to do. Okay, so I try to wing it. And so, uh, uh, you know, the, the judge did the right thing. He said, okay, you know, the, the, and the police chief, who is the defendant in this thing, is sitting in the, in the you know, the gallery. It's the, uh, it's the county attorney who's over to my left. Like, I'm the defendant. You know, Miller and I are the defendant, and she's the prosecutor. Oh, no, no, this is not how it goes. Right. So anyway, uh, the judge says, okay, it's up to you, the prosecutor, to, uh, to say why uh, Miller is not a suitable person. And so, you know, I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, do it. She pulls out this piece of paper, which is a MySpace page with Miller's name on it. Yeah, what's that? And on this page, it says some damning things about, uh, you know, who knows what it says. It, you know, it's a, I, I want to, uh, you know, do this and that and go on a shooting rampage and what? do these other things. and. Wait, wait, wait. They're saying that your son has a MySpace page where he claims he wants to go on a shooting rampage? Well, the, the judge said, uh, is, is, this, is this your MySpace page? And Miller says, I don't know what that is. <laughs> this is uh, very so denied knowledge right? of it. What, what happened next? I, tr- I, I tried to say this is not relevant to the case. I said, look, a suitable person is this, da 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 and then the, the the judge asked Miller, and you know things started happening really quickly, you know, because they do this every day. Yeah. So I was just unprepared for all of that. Miller said he doesn't know what that is. You know, hackers go into MySpace all the time. Who know who knows whose page that is? Yeah. Especially especially when you have Free State Project members, who knows what uh, agents of the state might be doing? Not to be conspiratorialist, Brian, but uh, you never know the kinds of stuff that they'll try yeah, to pull together. And to this get is really you. just a, uh, a meeting for uh, to find out uh, whether or not he can concealed carry. It's not like he can't carry; he's allow- he's legally allowed to. So they're not stopping anything. Yeah, great point. This is bizarre Even if he is to me. A, you know, I, uh, you know, a serial killer in the making. I, I find this all very strange, uh, very interesting. Brian, hang on. I'm going to bring you back. He'll uh, finish up the story here in moments. Eight hundred. Two five nine ninety two thirty one. They just kind of make up the rules as they go along. It seems. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams. There's a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, as well as a webcam. You can get them all free over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Want liberty in your lifetime? Don't miss the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's June 25th to 28th, and that's only a month away, in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Join hundreds, hundreds of liberty-loving people for a weekend of freedom and fun. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C. F-E-S-T, porkfest.com. As we continue, uh, Brian is on the line in New Hampshire, and you're telling us about a court appearance that you made last week. Your son, uh, Miller, was denied uh, his, his what supposedly should be something that's given to him, a permit to carry a weapon concealed here in New Hampshire. There's no law that says that underage people can't do this. And so the police chief had told you that, well, he's denying this because he's not an adult. You went to court, and they were doing things that were very unexpected. And one of the first things that happened was uh, one of the prosecutors got up and told uh, – wait, was it the prosecutor that told you why he was denied? No, it, well, it was the uh, – it was it, the, the, poli- the police chief is the one who has the burden of proof to say why right. the denial was justified. So it was the but police chief – back in the, in the peanut gallery, and it was the, uh, the county prosecutor – 
uh, who was uh, uh, bringing up this uh, MySpace page thing. Right. So, the, so even though you were suing the police chief, he didn't appear up on the, the the stand or anything like that. They asked the prosecutor. He pulls up this MySpace page, says it's Miller's page, and claims that it has uh, text about you know or something on it about uh, going on some sort of a shooting rampage. So then, what happened? Yeah, I mean, the the, the prosecutor. Uh, that's another thing. I'm the plaintiff here. You know, we're not the defense. We're we're, we're not on 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 defense. We are we are the ones suing. Yet this uh, this county prosecutor, this woman uh, who uh, uh, has this Facebook page thing, is uh, trying to prosecute us. But wait, a minute, but we're not the, the pro. This is why I, I I was unprepared for that. I I thought this was a slam dunk. We'd go in there and we'd leave, and Miller would have his license. But it, it, they 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 just spent all this time and money on this little trivial thing. Who knows how much time they spent uh, researching this or, you know, yeah. dummying up this page or who knows what they did. So you so believe this, this that, uh, thing. Do, do you believe that this is a forgery, that Miller would not have put something like that on a MySpace page? Well, Miller's been using Facebook uh, for Facebook. The, the year that he's been here. I mean, who uses MySpace anymore? Yeah. So so he hasn't even been in his MySpace account is, is basically the what you're saying? Well, well, one thing that the uh, that the prosecutor says is that uh, is that the, I guess on MySpace it has the time that the that the person who owns the page last accessed the page, mm-hmm, it does. and that was only the day before the before she you know printed this thing out. Okay. And Miller stood up there and said, "Well, you know, MySpace is notorious for hackers. You know, people are getting in there and hacking people's pages all the time." Okay, so th- so he's claiming that I don't know what you know if if that's true or not. I I don't know Miller very well. I don't think he would be the kind of person that would would really write something like that. You as his father, I mean, what's your assessment? Do you think that uh, that he's being upfront? Well, that's the that's the thing. All of this stuff is irrelevant. I mean, and 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 this is this is one of the problems. This is one of the lessons that I learned, and I want to pass on to everybody who's listening. Okay, is whether it's true, whether it's not true, whether it's forged by the state, you know, whether one of uh, Miller's friends did it as a joke. Whatever. None of this is irre- is relevant at, in order to deal with the uh, concealed carry license. Uh, he is a suitable person. Their laws say suitable persons shall get this license. And this stuff is irrelevant. My mistake was not to stand up there first thing and say, that this is relevant. There's not, there's, why are you even bringing this up? This has nothing to do with the concealed carry license. And, you know, take that piece of paper and, you know, do whatever with it. Well, and now, why am I sitting over here on the defendant's table and not on the, on the uh, plaintiff's table? Yeah, that's all very confusing to me, but it would seem that they're bringing this up to justify their denial. Like, well, we saw this on the MySpace page, and so therefore uh, he should be denied the permit because he's a raving lunatic or, or whatever it is they were claiming. It seems like they're, they're just trying yeah. to justify it. And, uh, and and get it shut down, essentially get you... Right, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if they yeah, can, yeah, if they yeah, can yeah, create yeah, enough... Uh, the, the the police chief denied his application on I don't know what the dates are date A, and then uh, Miller called back on date B and said Hey, are you sure you uh, you, you know you you want to do this because I can't find anything in the statutes that say that uh, that you know being an adult is required. Now date C, which is after date B, is when this Facebook thing, oh, I'm sorry the MySpace thing shows up. And so it was like he didn't. He knew he didn't have a course, so he called the county attorney and yeah. says, "Hey, you know, uh, what, what can you do here? Can we, can we, you know, fabricate anything against this guy to justify my my comment about an adult?" So that's what it the sounds like. Yes, was trying to say that 
that Miller was not a suitable person because there's a, there's a MySpace page with his name on it that has these things on it, but that's not why he was denied. He was denied because he was not an adult. Do you have it in writing? He was a raving lunatic on MySpace. Do you have it in writing that he was denied because he's not an adult? That's exactly what the, what the thing said, yes. <laughs> that's exactly what the, thing, what the letter back from the police chief, his denial says. Well, I'm well, sure that they can just, Brian, I'm sure they can just change their minds whenever they want to. Yeah. So even though the chief wrote that <laughs> back then, they've now determined that not only is he not an adult, um, and you may be able to sue them and win over that, but now we're going to deny him because of the MySpace page. Right. That yeah, seems so to be the way it's going. So, 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 so the way it is now, the judge you know, took it under advisement. He needs to go back and uh, you know, decide... Uh, uh, whether or not uh, this denial should be overturned, and the way wait, wait, well, hold on. What did he take under advisement? They, they can't even consider this this MySpace thing. They have to consider, you know, you are denied because you're not an adult. Right, that's not part of the Didn't case. The I agree with you. Justify his decision. Right, that's the uh, the whole uh, MySpace thing is definitely not part of your original lawsuit. What was it the judge said he was going to take under advisement? Whether to. Uh, uh, you know, overturn the police chief in denying the concealed carry license because of Miller's adultness. Okay. So basically you have to wait, and then they'll uh, come up with a ruling? Is that the idea? Yeah, he's got 14 days according to their statutes. Sure. They'll take all 14. If if he backs up the the police chief, we will appeal. We'll go to Superior Court, at which point now uh, we can be reimbursed for uh, a, a reasonable, uh, uh, you know, lawyer fees. You can't do that in district court, little little town, but you can in superior court, which is the county. And uh, we've got a really good attorney, and uh, he'll 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 beat this thing. He'll overturn it, no problem. And then the police chief is personally responsible for that. Brian, two things. Uh, first of all, uh, as you indicated, you were totally. Th- thrown for a loop when they came out with this information that was not pertinent to the case, had nothing to do with the actual problems that you had encountered in the first place. Uh, That was not brought up. It was the age that was brought up originally. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these people come prepared with this research that they've done on Miller, which is very, very odd. That's peculiar, and it wasn't brought up originally. So that ought to be a red flag to anybody out there because it seems like they singled out Miller for some reason – because they don't like Brian and his family. Exactly. And, and, that's, and um, I'm looking at Miller's MySpace page now, and I don't see anything. There's no blog on here. There, it's there, possible he went and changed it later. I mean, I'm presuming that he it, did it do it. It says here that he, um, it, it looks to me like he was, the last time he was there was May the 1st. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Right after, right after he got home from the court, you know, he went up there. You know, if, if someone had been messing with his MySpace page, he didn't want that stuff up there like that. So he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't delete all that stuff just... Because now he found out that he hasn't been on that. He said in, in court he hasn't been on that page for a year. Brian, uh, will you keep us in the loop on this? Is there more you had to share tonight? I, I have one more thing. Okay, hang on. 800-259-9231. Uh, if you want to get on the line here, talk to Brian or bring up whatever's on your mind, you can. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. We continue in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, uh, we'll talk about this insanity that is going on in Washington, D.C., about indefinite detentions, or I think they're calling it something uh, something else, but it's really crazy. We'll get to that, but first, uh, Brian is still on the line in New Hampshire. Also, uh, want to invite you to our website, Live streams, updates, Shrine, Wiki, it's all free. We give it to you at freetalklive.com, so enjoy that on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Are you facing a debt crisis? DebtCrisisSolutions.com guarantees that they can protect your bank accounts, assets, and the equity in your home. They're your debt crisis consultants. In some cases, you don't have to make another payment on your credit cards. DebtCrisisSolutions.com, 718-615-0123. That's 718-615-0123, debt crisissolutions.com. Brian is in New Hampshire, and the attack on his family continues as, uh, I mean, it's just been quite a, a road that you guys have been down so far. Your wife was, uh, well, first of all, your son was arrested for recording video on his own property uh, several months ago, last year. Shortly thereafter, they raided your home uh, with armed goons and uh, a bunch of volunteers. They came in and stole a dozen of your horses. I uh, think, are all of the horses back yet, or they still have one out, Brian? Yeah, all the horses are back except for one. There's an old stallion who is uh, suitable to come back. They, the, uh, the, uh, the, the vet says, oh, yeah, he's ready to go back. But, you know, uh, the vet just doesn't think that it's right for, uh, for Heidi to, uh, to take care of, of, of this horse, even though Heidi's been taking care of the horse for the last six years. Um, so she can know, take so- care of all the other horses, but not that one. Yeah, apparently not that one. I, I, think, I think they're embarrassed, and they're just holding this one uh, in order to uh, justify the taking of everybody else, you know, so, because th- this one, he's an old horse, yeah. and, you know, old horses have problems. So that's uh, that's but, still in process. There's still some court stuff yeah. going on there, and I know that uh, you, you can't talk very much about it because of the, the legal situation. But then there's now there's this new thing with Miller, your other son, who has been denied a, a concealed carry permit. You went into court. They claimed he had a MySpace page that uh, talked about going on a shooting rampage, which, of course, as, my, as Mark pointed out, uh, he can carry openly legally. So if they're really concerned about him going on a shooting rampage, uh, well, they can't apparently take away his right to carry openly, can they? So he could oh, just yeah, go no, on a this, shooting this rampage. Was, this, was, this was clearly a way, this whole MySpace thing was just a way of covering their butts and and trying to justify something that they did on some other ground. It was a distraction, and unfortunately it worked on me for those, you know, 30 seconds that I had to respond, and mm-hmm. I didn't respond in, in the proper way, and then, you know, they kind of gotcha. Yeah. And, and you know, w- w- I, I should have said, not relevant, let's move on. But instead, you know, they got the judge to say, did you do this page? And Miller said, you know, there's hackers on MySpace. And then, you know, by, by the time I got my wits about me, because I was just so off balance, it, it was too late. I finally came back and said, you know, this is about suitable persons. This is not about MySpace. But, you know, by then, the, the, the whole thing had, had gotten beyond me, and they know exactly how to do this. Sure. The prosecutor They're the professional does this 10 times this. a day. I do it once or twice in a lifetime. Exactly. So uh, so you're going to continue on. You're going to appeal out to the Superior Court. And what else did you want to share with us uh, tonight? Well, we know, we, uh, the, the judge might say, you know, the prosecutor's wrong, and, you know, here, here's your license. That's but, true. But if the judge you know, go, goes with the cops, then, then we'll, we'll take it to the next level. But, but my, my point is, for, for anybody listening to this, I, there's three things that I learned last week that, that I, I think are pretty important, and it's not going to happen to me again, and I, I want other people to learn this, too. And, and first of all, don't 
ever be happy to go to court. If you've got the most slam dunk, obvious thing, and you know, you know, you're going to get vindicated or you're going to embarrass somebody or just, you know, you're going to make the state, you're going to bring them down, no matter how solid your case is, don't ever think that this is a slam dunk. Never be happy to go to court. This is an evil place. No matter how solid your case is. Yep. The evil is done there 99% of the time, it seems. Hey, Brian. and that's the second thing. Be prepared for any possible thing that could happen. You know, even, you know, you have to figure out a thousand different scenarios, you know, figure out the ten that might be possible, you know, uh, 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 prepare for those. You know, the worst case is you're going to spend time preparing for something that never comes up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the the problem is that if you didn't prepare for something that did come up, you're going to get blindsided and you're going to be, you know, uh, they're going to screw you. And, and the third thing is, the prosecutors are lazy. MySpace is a 10-year-old technology that nobody uses anymore, but they really love to use this stuff, you know, especially if they're going after, uh, uh, you know, kids who might be on there. So, uh, you know, make your – just know what's going on out there and, and, and make sure, you know, if you do have a MySpace page, get rid of it because it's, you know, bad technology. Yeah, I deleted mine a couple of years there, ago. Make sure to check it all the time to make sure nobody else has hacked it. Well, also, and Brian, one of the things that I think comes to mind about this is, um, and and this this came up uh, in the past. We were talking about people who are convicted criminals who are allowed out uh, into the public, but yet they cannot exercise what are supposedly their Second Amendment rights. Um, now, in this case, Miller. Uh, was accused of having done this MySpace page. It has nothing to do with any sort of a crime. Uh, he is not being put in jail for this sort of thing. They used it as a sort of ad hominem attack against him. Fear, to... uncertainty, and doubt. Yes. Now, if, if if people are listening out there and they and they just want to at least look at the legal framework of this, the way this is supposed to work, there's a major problem when you've got governments, whether it's the federal government or the various state governments, that have enshrined in the Constitution the right to keep and bear arms when you had a United States revolution that was fought by kids your son's age who picked up their their muskets and loaded them out in the middle of the woods to fight to try to oppose tyranny. And yet you've got the government that says, no, we think you could be a danger. He has not committed a crime. He has not been put in jail. And even hypothetically, if a person were to have been put in jail and were to have been released, people ought to think about the way the state then prevents them from being able to carry a firearm. If those people are deemed safe enough to be put back out into society, Mm -hmm. then why are they not deemed safe enough to carry a firearm to protect themselves? Obviously, that undercuts the whole argument that they make, that they are safe enough to put back out into society. Well, they don't need to follow logic, Gardner. They've got guns. They can do what they want. Right. So these these are clear, selective pieces of hypocrisy that these guys... Are, are guilty of, and your son is just one example of it. This, the supposed right to keep and bear arms is infringed upon over and over and over again for no other reason than the arbitrary whim of the people in the government or in the courts, one and the same, usually. Well, 
Well, but in, but in New Hampshire, you have the the right, uh, the right. You know, they they don't hassle you to open carry, uh, no matter what. And in fact, everybody uh, up there, the, the 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 judge, the prosecutor, they all know that Miller carries openly right now. He carries his 357 Magnum on his hip. We go to the selectmen's meetings, we go to the bank, we go to all the stores in town, and he has it right there. Yeah, yeah. but Brian, but Brian, think saying, about, but think about this. You supposedly, and I'm I'm sort of pulling away from your personal situation. You supposedly have the right to open carry in the state of New Hampshire, but if you're a convicted criminal, as I said, who is deemed safe enough to leave and go back into society because you're no longer a threat and you did your time, you're not able to exercise that right to open carry. Any other thoughts, Brian? Right. Right. So, 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 so the right to open carry is constrained even in New Hampshire where supposedly there's a right to open carry. There is, you don't have a right to open carry if you are a law-abiding person who even has done time. Now you're out and supposedly you're safe. Well, apparently you're not safe. So either they should have kept you in jail or they better reassess whether or not you should be able to get a gun. Because you should if you're out there and you're supposedly Absolutely. a safe person. The Constitution says that every, every person has the right to every keep person. A, to, to a bear 16-year-old, arms a protection criminal, exactly. Yep, protection of themselves, their families, right. and the state right. or something like that. Yep. Well, Brian, well, I wish you... This concealed carry thing is even more ridiculous because if they're worried that he's going to go on a shooting rampage, if he gets a concealed carry license, <laughs> you know, he still has the right to carry openly wherever he goes. Right, so he could just go on a shooting rampage, which he has not done, so they have no evidence uh, with which to restrict him, and let us know what happens, exactly. uh, Brian, as this develops. And thank you for Will being do. so strong against this, uh, the, you know, the face in the face of this adversity. Thanks for the call. There is a vendetta against that man's family out there in Candia, New Hampshire. Clearly. More on the way. And this is what happens when you stir it up. You'll get targeted. It's a reality. But that's why we just need more people stirring it up. Because they can't target us all. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those totally free at freetalklive.com. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and a percentage of your purchase will go to benefit Free Talk Live. It's that simple. You can buy virtually anything uh, that you want. They sell, seems like almost everything there, and in dozens of categories, even used items. If you need to save a few extra bucks, get free Super Saver shipping while you're at it on a whole lot of items over at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So let's shift gears to national, and Gardner Goldsmith has the story, which is big, big news, and I'm glad we finally have a chance to to get to it here. Yeah. Because this is crazy. I mean, if anybody thought that Obama was different from George W. Bush, I don't think you'll need to hear any, uh, anything much more than this. I mean, we could already point out that he's still bombing people, that the wars are still going on. Got so it. it should have been obvious already that this guy is pretty much Bush the third. What's the news, Gardner? Well, you know, you can inject a couple lines of uh, of energy on this one, uh, thought energy on this one, Ian. Uh, a couple things. One is just the absolute indignation that i feel towards some of the people in the pop media who have they you know they excoriated and appropriately so george w bush for wiretapping without without warrants uh for holding people uh without uh, habeas corpus trials 
uh, for conducting this uh, this undeclared war, uh, doing all sorts of things that you would look at as being invasions of civil liberties. Not to uh, mention the undeclared war that essentially he said that he was going to end. I mean, yes. you know, he, was, he portrayed himself as yes. a uh, pro peace candidate and yes. that he was going to get us out of this In mess. every one of these areas, whether it's from su- supposedly detentions of uh, people and rendition of them to other countries where they could possibly be tortured, mm-hmm. that's not going to end under Obama. Right. Um, the uh, the uh, requisition of phone records uh, from the phone companies that Bush administration officials started, that's not going to end under Obama. Uh, the uh, movement of these guys into civil trials that we had hoped would be conducted under constitutional habeas corpus hearings that the Supreme Court ruled in the Boumediene case said had to happen. That's not going to happen <laughs> now. Uh, I'll give you an example, and as I mentioned to you guys so wait, the wait, air, were all those things you were rattling off things that had already ha- been decided on, yes. not what you were going to tell us about in, in a moment? No, all of these things are coming together uh, okay. as as over the past two weeks there's been this Fake brouhaha, as Elephant Talk might say by by King Crimson, this brouhaha over whether or not the detainees, wink, wink, which is a bogus term, and people have to remember that at the outset, would be moved back to the United States and tried under U.S. criminal courts. From Guantanamo. From Guantanamo. Now, we need to preface this so that anybody out there listening who hears the old-style conservative talk radio hosts say, they're not American citizens, and they aren't uniform combatants. They aren't given the protections of the <laughs> Geneva Accords. I feel like Al Gore. They're ruining our children! Well, just for people to wake up, read Common Article 3 of the Geneva Accords, of which the United States is a signatory, and if you are a person who believes in the United States government and that it's supposed to be doing certain things, I happen to think that it does crap. But if you're one of these people and you want to stop the war on terror, Mm -hmm. A, we're not at war. The reason we're not at war is because they didn't want to declare war, because if they declared war, they thought that they would have to hold these guys under the Geneva Accords. But if you read Common Article 3 of the Geneva Accords, it states very plainly, anybody who's captured on the soil of a nation that is a signatory nation, even if they don't have a recognized chain of command and even if they aren't in uniform, they have to be treated with all the provisions of the Geneva Accords. It's in Common Article 3. Tell your local paleoconservative talk radio numbskull to wake up and read the stinking thing. I don't think they'll care. They'll just say, oh, it's just words on paper. But they're the ones I'm driving over today. I'm listening to a Boston station today. Boom. The guy who's filling in for Memorial Day says, ah, you don't know the Geneva Accords. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs like, you don't know the stinking Geneva Accords. Why don't you read them? So they, they say that these guys aren't afforded this protection. Well, therefore, they can hold them as detainees. Mm -hmm. That's false. You've got to hold them under U.S. criminal code. And all of this argument that people make about, well, Well, that means you're affording them the rights of American citizens. Oh, that's nonsense. Because look at our friend Sam. I mean, he's now been in jail for a full six weeks. And he's not even in on any sort of terrorism charges. He's not had a habeas trial or anything. Well, even if they were going by their system, uh, apparently by their system, they don't have to do any of that stuff. That's right. So they're not doing it with our friend Sam. 
them, and he wasn't. Uh, all he was doing was recording with a video camera. I mean, you think they're going to uh, all of a sudden treat these guys from Guantanamo any better than Sam? No way, no. <laughs> Not hell. a chance. No way. Now, uh, so so on the surface of it, the way these people are making their arguments is is fallacious. So here's what we've got: we've got the Bush administration doing certain things, and the conservatives in Washington D.C. and so on, and the people at the uh, you know at the at the New Republic magazine were arguing in certain ways and so on. Everybody's out there, and they're not recognizing the fact that, A, they didn't declare war, so they, they thought they wouldn't have to hold these guys as POWs. But if they have not declared war, it doesn't matter whether they're American citizens or not. If they were foreigners over here and somebody was accused of a murder... They, they would be tried under U.S. criminal code for murder. But the idea there that... Unless the, they were charged with terrorism. Right. The, right. The, the, but the, the, the point the that thing. they're going to make is that they weren't here on American soil when they well, were this is, arrested. Well, this is the tricky thing. They can be extradited and taken over. We've done this in the past. People have been arrested in the past and brought here on terrorism charges. Yep. And, and they are tried under U.S. criminal code for terrorism. But Just not like anymore. a murderer would be tried under U.S. criminal code for murder. But what you're saying is that doesn't happen anymore, right? That's what they're... Tr- they're trying to get away with this stuff so they can hold these They'll guys indefinitely and torture them. Yeah, they're going to do it. Exactly. And so Obama spoke out against those things, said he was going to shut down Guantanamo Bay, and that all these guys were brought here. So over the past two weeks, and tried under U.S. criminal code, which is what the Supreme Sounded Court good. said they yeah. have to do with the Boumediene case. Right. A year ago, two years ago. So what happens? Oh, they're just men in robes, Gardner. That's yeah, matter with it's you know, a year ago. It's 2008. So, so here's the deal. Obama is now backtracking on all these things because they're saying, oh, my God, they're going to be taking these, these detainees and they're going to be putting them in, in, in U.S. prisons? Oh, that would be terrible. Dick Cheney comes out on the same day that Obama comes out and Dick Cheney in his somnambulistic way says, if we happen to <laughs> keep these people in it, it's just like they're going to Somnambula- infect. Other people. Right, I mean, this it's like walking. I love sleep. that word, by the way. Somnambulistic. Uh, yeah. That's uh, sleep-inducing. Absolutely, that man. Okay. He's the great Rohypno. He's like Rohypnol in human form. You know. I, so I don't. I, I just don't understand why it is. First off, why haven't they uh, infected their guards in Guantanamo? Um, if that's possible. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to infect people, why keep them with other convicts? Don't. Um, you know, it <laughs> makes perfect. The reason they didn't bring them back from Guantanamo is they'd have to treat them like. Real people instead yeah. of this nebulous no, no, they enemy combatant. Well, the, 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 under the law, they would. They have well, a I lot more right. media coverage than that's Sam true. does. That's well, true. If, he, if the media has got their eyes on the case, it'll, they'll behave differently. That much is true. You're right yeah. about that. Well, so there are two things that really are getting me ticked off. One is the leftist media... Uh, like uh, Rachel Maddow and uh, Keith Olbermann and these people, uh, you know, Chris Matthews with the spittle on his lips and stuff. I, I can't watch that show because every 30 seconds I think oh, something's going to slide out. I can't I can't watch it. So I have no idea. It's it's just disgusting. So anyway, uh, I, these guys, they were all highly critical of Bush, mm-hmm. but they are not as critical on the same level of Obama doing these things and breaking his promises to them. Because, of course, he's carrying through their socialist economic agenda. So they're giving him more of a pass. Now, they have been critical. I've got to say that they have mentioned a few things. But it's sort of a, oh, shame on you, Barack yeah, Obama. Yeah, what were you thinking? Oh, now here's your cookie. Now go play. You know, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. So this, I just wanted, wanted to give you a little something. Barry Eisler, who's a novelist, a former CIA agent, and has become much more critical of the government over the years, he says this. And he's got a little blog site. I linked it over at LibertyConspiracy.com. He says, the list of Obama's reversals is long, but in brief, 
Amnesty for telecom companies that violated eavesdropping laws. Abuse of the state secrets privilege. Not releasing photos of torture at U.S.-run prisons. Continuing the Bush administration's plans to establish military commissions with lower levels of due process. Most outrageous of all, Obama now opposes, now proposes that the government should be able to imprison people indefinitely without trial and without having committed a crime. This is if where we get to If they've been accused this. of terrorism? It, and it, they they can just pick somebody up and accuse them. Just anything, yeah. And, and here's a very interesting thing. Obama proposed, at the same time that Obama and Cheney were doing their stupid little dueling banjos thing, they were essentially saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And all the pop media people said, oh, it's the big fight between Obama and, and Cheney. On that, on that day, Cheney said... You know, we we have to protect Americans. We cannot allow this to happen. Obama's saying we have to protect Americans. We cannot allow this to happen. Obama says Mm -hmm. we're going to come up with a new legal framework to be able to hold people that we suspect could, could commit crimes. This is exactly what Bush did with the, the original Patriot Act. A new legal framework. I mean, they've already been holding people, so they're going to make that worse? Yes. And just as a quick aside, I know we're going to the commercials. Newt Gingrich gets on there to defend this, and he says, did you know that one out of every seven people released actually went and committed another crime? That means six of seven didn't. More coming up. Free Talk Live. These are challenging times. Inflation, job security, political and financial uncertainty affect us all. Now more than ever, it's important to review your life insurance needs should something happen to you. Experts agree. Most families should have life insurance protection of 10 times their income. The great news is life insurance rates have never been this low. When you call Termco, Gil Edwards will tell you how affordable term life insurance can be. Gil specializes in saving people money on top-rated term life insurance. Find out if you're paying too much or if you don't have enough. Ask about the new return of premium plans, which return your entire premium back to you after 20 or 30 years, tax-free, guaranteed. Your family's protected either way. Get the best coverage with Termco at the lowest possible rate. Call Termco for a free no-obligation quote. Call 800-685-3314. 800-685-3314. That's 800-685-3314. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We launch here in the hour number two of the program, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And it's Garb and Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, we'll come back to the Obama thing. Uh, it's a brand new hour. There is a call on the line, but uh, the... The Obama camp, the Obama administration is continuing in the not so grand tradition of the Bush administration and destroying <laughs> civil liberties, continuing wars around the world, and now uh, talking about preventative detentions. Oh I think yeah, was the, the term. Mm-hmm. So so wait, they can prevent, they can detain people even if they haven't committed a crime. Well, is here's that what they're proposing. Here's the thing: he he is proposing the general idea of this framework, and the trick is that he uses rhetoric where he says. You can be sure that when when we do this, sweetie, honey pie, you can be sure that when we do this, we will consult with legislative, judicial, and the executive branch. We'll all consult to make sure that we come up with a system that adheres to our American traditions. How does that All work? of which is absolutely meaningless nonsense fluff. No, we know, every word of it. Well, we know that they don't have to follow their own rules, but let's pretend for a moment they did. 
Well, that's the thing. They make up their own rules. That's what the Bush administration did with the Patriot Act. They created these military commissions. And then Congress, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that the military commissions were unconstitutional because the executive branch invented them, right? So then Congress comes back after that decision, and they come up with the 2006 Military Commissions Act, which then says you go ahead and do it. But let's pretend like they actually did have to follow their own rules. We know they don't, but let's pretend for a moment. Right. What would the process be legally to change the okay. legal system wouldn't right. they have to go through a constitutional convention or something well, like no. that well I mean, no see this is pretty serious this is, this is the trick see under the constitution the congress has the power to create the court system subservient to the supreme court and superior to the state courts they can in fact congress can decide whether or not the supreme court will hear certain cases really yes they can they create the circuit court system the appeals court system all of the nine circuit courts of the federal appeals court system so were that created by congressional legislation not the based constitution. on yeah the constitution yeah the, the constitution, constitution only set up the supreme court the constitution set up the supreme court and said that the congress can create any any court which is inferior to the supreme court but superior to the state courts so the process of getting from the state courts on appeal into the federal courts and eventually to the supreme court is left up by the constitution it's left up to the congress to decide so they created so they the could system. change it all they they could change it which is exactly what happened you see when yeah. bush created the military commissions it was not a creation of congress so it was unconstitutional right they were so not now they're going to do it the right way yes well in 2006 there was a decision by the supreme court and that decision said you executive branch can't create courts the legislature has to do this. All these people you're holding under these military commissions and these military tribunals that you're creating, George Bush, uh, are that is unconstitutional. And you're going to have to try these guys either as prisoners of war or under U.S. criminal code. Congress came back in 06, created the Military Commissions Act. And then they said, just real quick, then they said that the president, under these new things that the Congress made up, which they have constitutional power to do, the president can then selectively lift habeas corpus and not give habeas trials to whomever he wants. Okay, now Mm. this is very important. I understand the rationale, which was that we don't want secret intelligence information to get out during these these trials. But the key thing is Congress cannot cede any of its power to any other authority under the Constitution. The power to lift habeas corpus is granted to Congress in a universal writ where they can lift it across the board. It's supposed to be during times of insurrection or, or revolution. Okay? So... Abraham Lincoln. I thought that was for the president. No, that's no. the thing. Everybody thinks it's it's the president. Congress can lift habeas corpus. It's in Article One, but it's only during times of insurrection, and it's a universal lift of the writ, which okay. means if you if if Congress decides, which I think is is ridiculous, but that's just something the founders wrote. If Congress decides, you can be held indefinitely if they say that it's a time of insurrection. And that's what it sounds like they're trying to do here, right? Well, Whether they yeah. say it's in a time of insurrection or not, yeah. you're talking about a whole new structure, a whole new legal system right. for people that are accused of wanting to be terrorists and who knows what else. I was reading something about this uh, just the other day, and the guy that was writing the story was basically saying they're looking at creating a whole new system where each level of court that they're creating is basically going to make it so you lose anything anything that you've got you'll they'll just put you in whatever court system where you will lose so i mean it, i feel like brian travis it, it's crazy Miller. i'm watching this uh this uh you know tv show rome that's on it's an hbo tv show yeah. and it's a it only went two seasons but 
You know, um, it was set in the first century B.C., and, and it was about the time Julius Caesar essentially became the first Caesar and took over. And I'm wondering, because there was still a Senate at the time, and Julius Caesar was sat as, as the council, which is kind of the, the head Senate guy or whatever, and I don't know everything about how Roman uh, government was set up, but I'm wondering how it was for, you know, sort of the merchant class guy there. Did he think, oh, today's the day the Republic died? Because I don't think he did. Well, I don't think he had any idea. Yeah. I think yeah. the Republic died sort of a slow death, and I'm wondering about ours. Well, you, you, what is, you, that's a great point. When historians look back 100 years, 200, you know, maybe 500 years from now, what Where day you, are they going to decide the Republic died here know. in the United States? Because it has to Abraham die. Lincoln? They all go away. Abraham Lincoln? I mean, that who, was who a knows? big one. But, I mean, even before that, you had George Washington marching on the, uh, on the uh, Pennsylvania whiskey. Uh, makers the with the yeah. whiskey rebellion, and that was unconstitutional. He had he had thirteen thousand troops. That was as big as the army that he he used to take on Cornwallis, and it was all to enforce an unconstitutional tax, internal tax. The federal government was not set up to do that, and yet Washington took Hamilton's advice and went and marched on these guys. Now, just just a, a quick might makes right. Yeah, and and you know it's interesting that the, supposedly on that on that uh, thing with Rome, supposedly when Caesar crossed the Rubicon. And came back from Gaul, which was France at the time, right. which was significantly that's, before he declared himself a Caesar. It was, it was already, before the fight exactly. was, um, was was engaged. It was any of those things. It and, had to become corrupt through many things. There were many tributaries, we'll say, yeah. to the Rubicon uh, going in there. <laughs> and I don't. But that's an excellent point. Well, he crossed the Rubicon, and then the Republic died at some point after that. But people say that crossing the Rubicon was when the Rubicon, Rubicon's a river that's at the top north of Italy, right. and, mm-hmm. um, and that that's when the Republic died. And my my question is, we have no idea when the Rubicon was crossed, but it's already happened. You know, was it's it, interesting. Was it when Nixon decided that we're not going to pay our debts, um, you know, in uh, species anymore? They confiscated gold. Yeah. Was yeah. it when uh, Roosevelt confiscated gold in the 30s? Was it when the Federal Reserve was mm-hmm. in, uh, put in, a, in place along tax. with the income tax yeah. in 1913? I'll take 1913. I like that one. But when? Well, you know what's interesting is the leftists have such a hatred of markets and such a hatred of 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 the concept of trade and money with that that it somehow brings about unfairness they they have this this belief that their their fairness trumps any resentment that they feel it's really about fairness right. that because they're willing to overlook some of these things that typically uh, or at least not give the same attention to that they would typically be screaming about. Well, with... well, yeah, one of the things I find interesting about this, the way things are going today, is that the you can just look at this the situation with the red team, the blue team mentality in this country, and you can sort of see it starting to melt away. Oh, you see and that. I don't know how. Bit. Maybe it's just maybe it's just my skewed point of view. Right, but a little bit, it's going away. Right, right. I, yeah, I don't know how uh, how accurate the statement is as far as how many people are experiencing this. I have no idea. There must be people out there who are experiencing this situation if they are conserv- if they consider themselves conservatives and they've been watching what uh, George Bush has, had been doing for years and cheering it on now they're against what some of uh, the same thing is, hey. is going on that yep. what Obama is doing some of those folks are going to see that huh maybe there isn't really a difference here similarly the people that were against what Bush was doing right. and, and are now Obama saying doing the same things and, but now they're for Obama doing the same things those people aren't necessarily going to change, but there are those people that are kind of on the fringe of those areas that might have the the perspective that they need to look at the look at their friends and say, right, what the hell were you, are you thinking? How can so, you support Obama when he's doing the same thing Bush is doing? So many people yeah. in the right, the left, and the center, and the independents or whatever are seeing that. Wow, we had all Republican from 
2000 to 2006, we've got almost all Democrat. I mean, they almost have a control in the Senate, from what I understand. They're they're within well, one, well, or, one or two votes. Well, now that Specter switch over, they've got it. Right. So that's all Democrat now. Neither one of these parties is going to take us out. Now I don't, you know, take us take us to the promised land. They're both thieves, and they're both, you know, hurting us. And I just don't. What's America going to do? They're still going to vote right or, uh, blue or red. Free State Project, for those that actually want to do something about it, 800-259-9231. You're right. They may not know what to do about it, but hopefully more will start to be crystal- to crystallize what the problem is. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can dial in and bring up whatever's, uh, whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and joining you tonight, it is Ian with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We continue taking your phone calls. We'll go to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Gene, and oops, sorry about that. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, sir. I'm here now. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, um, one thing real quick about our right to keep and bear arms that I would like to refresh everyone's memory on, and that is uh, we have to stop um, tempering that with saying law-abiding. Uh, yeah. We don't want to say that we have a right to keep and bear arms as long as we're a law-abiding citizen or, or something to the effect that, all law-abiding citizens should have the right to keep and bear arms. If we start putting any kind of a test, a moral or other kind of test, onto our rights, then all they have to do is say, well, you're not law-abiding, therefore you can't have the right. That's a great so the how right about instead, Gene, arms, how about being peaceful instead of law-abiding? No, not even no. peaceful. You can be a vicious, wild animal, and you have a right to keep and bear arms. The only deciding factor about a right to keep and bear arms is if you're a human being. If yeah. you're a human being, you have the right to keep and bear arms. And then while, while they while they cage you up, then you can't you can't bear them. And then if they let you, let you out again, then you should be able to bear them. Well, yeah. I mean, anytime you put someone in a cage for your own safety, you're going to take their weapons away from them, whether they have that right or not. Yeah. Well, right. You know, which but, means that if they're not being peaceful, not, they're going to be stopped from uh, from doing what they're doing. And presumably, if they're not being peaceful and they're bearing arms, then they're threatening others with those arms. And I, I don't see a problem with uh, with <laughs> with doing what it takes to stop violent people from hurting others. Well, but the most vicious animal out there, as long as he's human being, he has the right to keep and bear arms. Now, if he draws his weapon on somebody else and they happen to kill him, that's his problem. Sure, you but then he was saying? no longer being peaceful. Do you see what I'm saying? If you're right, peaceful, then you should be able to bear right. arms. He still had the right, even if he wasn't peaceful. He had the right to keep and Well, bear I would say he arms. has the right right up until he decides to stop being peaceful. No, he still has the right, even when he's not peaceful. I, I disagree right with that. Well, he has the right to bear arms. He doesn't have the right to threaten someone. So, therefore, um, when you threaten someone, you put their life in danger, right. forfeiting your own right to exactly. life. Exactly. Um, or it being free of injury. So, you can still bear the arm, but you would... You know, be in, if I lop your arm you're off, that, that you're carrying that arm off, arm right. with. I mean, he, he still has the right. If he tries to use violence against someone else, then he's going to suffer the consequence of that violence. Okay. But that does not negate the fact that he has the right to keep and bear arms. So we have to just eliminate from our vocabulary any reference to law abiding when we're talking about the right to keep and bear arms. I'll agree with you that far, Gene, that, for sure. Never use that term. Very good. Never any other thoughts? Uh, yeah, about China. I'm, yes, sir. Uh, 
our ref, I'm going to reference our economy and what China was like 15 years ago is where we're going in the future here. So I'm going to tell people how they can survive the coming economic collapse, and we are looking at an economic collapse in mm-hmm. this country. And I'm, not, I'm talking about worse than the Depression. So what, what people have to do is realize that in the future, and very, very shortly, perhaps within a year, perhaps within two, your survival is going to depend on what you can forge and keep and uh, provide for yourself. You're not going to be able to depend on anybody else to bring you your stuff. So everybody has to keep this in mind each day as they go about, you know, don't buy that, that stupid uh, plasma television set that you don't need. Instead, use your money wisely, prepare for the coming storm, and you do that whichever way is best in your particular situation. If you've got a space for a garden, put one in. If yeah. you don't, you can can some food. And, and Gene, you know, i got to say about uh, September last year, uh, I was I was doing my radio show, and I was telling people, look, if you're going to invest in anything, invest in seed companies and thing, companies that handle fertilizer and gardening tools and stuff like that because they're the only ones during this time that are going to be seeing profits. And sure enough, uh, I didn't have any money to put into them, but anybody who did invest, not that you know, they should take my advice, but it's an interesting thing to see how so many other people instinctively were starting to move in that direction because so many seed companies have been doing very, very well. You know, I don't want to take a dump on the idea of being prepared. I think there's something to that. But at the yeah. same time, I'm not one of the subscribers of the, uh, you know, the, the idea that there's this big calamity coming and everything's going to, you know, the, the fabric of society will completely break down and you won't be able to get food anymore. I think if you're going to grow plants at your market. house, it's, it's fine um, to grow plants at your house because, you know, the ones that you could eat as opposed to, uh, you know, necessarily ornamental ones, that's, that's all fine. Right. I trust the black market, though, to get the food to me that I need to get to me. I, I, I don't, I'm not too concerned about the market breaking down. I, I see where you're coming from. I think there's some value to being prepared to some extent, but even as much as you prepare, there are just so many people around that are going to be looking for those resources in the scenario you're describing, Gene, that uh, well, I mean, it's going to be a nightmare. the economy cannot continue along the, the way that it's been going because it's, it's a false economy. It's a false um, um, prosperity and in reality, what we're going to be looking at is less, peop- less money for each person. So when you are used to getting $15 an hour, expect your real wages to be $7.50 an hour. Mm-hmm. And don't thumb your nose at a job that pays you $7.50 next Absolutely. year. If you, get, that's if you all come sensible. across a job next year that's paying you $7.50, you'd better take it or starve. Yeah, if you don't have anything. Uh, yeah, Gene, I agree with you. Completely sensible there. I mean, be as fiscally responsible as you can. And thank you for the call tonight. That way, you know, if it does come to black market goods, then you'll be able to afford them. Because that is the one thing about the black market is, well, you can expect the prices will be higher, but they will get you that, uh, you know, that filet mignon. You'll just have to pay for it a lot. You know, you look at what's been going on with the economic structure, and uh, I was just on the line with Glenn Jacobs about this. And it's very clear that uh, I was just also reading an article from some supposedly renowned economist who said, oh, the recession's over. And... Yeah, and and just months ago, I was I was speaking in Ohio uh, to uh, some folks that Jason Osborne knows, and I was saying, look, there's going to be a period when it looks like there's there's this economic recovery going on. This is inevitable because like the eye of the storm kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. this exactly, and it's going to come back a level five hurricane that's mm. just going to wipe so much out because and you can't really gauge how quickly this is going to happen, but the 
the mirage of recovery is inevitable because of the amount of liquidity they're throwing into the system. All of the money, I mean, we're looking at possibly $12 trillion worth of liquidity that they put into the system over the past year and a half, almost two years. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. What There's going to be a reckoning day for that. Buy exactly. gold and silver now. You can't get over a Weimar Germany situation, and the only things that are going to hold against it are the hard currencies. Buy your gold and silver now. And, yeah, and the things that have value. And, and so, yeah, they're absolutely right. And if you've got a job, double your work effort. Try to do everything you can so your boss thinks that you're doing a really good job. And Save your money and buy around. your gold and silver now. And cut yeah. back on, uh, you know, cut back on your expenses. Uh, cut yeah. back because, yep. as Mark has said before, it's not what you make, it's what you save. And, uh, well, you know, spend. or what you, okay, well, that's <laughs> the same way you saying the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's what you spend. And so if you're spending money on habits, then now's a good time to start looking at cutting those down. I mean, Julia, for instance, she's not here with us tonight, but she's been talking about quitting her caffeine addiction. Of course, she's talked about it before. Her and, caffeine addiction isn't just a caffeine addiction. There's caffeine in lots of things. She happens to have a double shot latte or whatever Starbucks addiction. Yeah, but she's, uh, she's addicted to caffeine. I mean, that's why she's sure. addicted to that product. And so she's looking at cutting that back. That's going to save her hundreds of dollars a year if she's succe- when she's successful uh, at that. And so if you've got similar issues that you're dealing with, deal with them as soon as you possibly can and put more money into your pocket. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. And even if it turns out that the you know depression isn't as bad as some people are saying it will be, you'll still be better off financially. Free Talk Live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alakees at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they're completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Gil Edwards of Termco Life Insurance Agency, protecting your family against financial loss due to an untimely death. Call 800-685-3314. That's 800-685-3314. Termco Life Insurance. All right, so we continue here. I think, have we pretty much covered all of the aspects of this Obama detaining people, uh, preventative detentions, throwing people in uh, prison cells without trial? All that stuff is apparently, it's, some of it's already here and more of it's coming down the road. Are there any aspects that, that we've missed so far on this? Uh, let me think. Um... Oh, yeah, they're out of money. I saw something that uh, Obama was saying, we've oh, run yes. out of money. Yes, we're out of money. And yes. uh, so I love how they plan on doing preventative detentions for life, 
And on one hand, which is you know, a drastic, another drastic increase in the police state and the intrusiveness right. of the state. And on the other hand, they're saying, we don't have any money. So how does that uh, balance out exactly? <laughs> how, how is it that you can you know, continually increase the size of government and not have any money to do so? Oh, they're printing it out, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. making it up. So yeah, they're going to keep printing. Nice. And as you said, they printed like $12 trillion so far yeah, or something Yeah, pretty much like is that. what we're looking at. No, they're yeah. not actually printing it all. They're just incre- incrementing numbers in a computer for the most part. And it was very interesting too because uh glenn glenn jacobs forwarded me over a little piece that showed and you know i'm not i'm not in favor of taxation in any way it's immoral but it was it's interesting to see the tax receipts of april of this year versus april of last year i think it's something like a 60 percent decline really in tax receipts for the federal so, government for the federal government so that means they're going to have to readjust their already huge deficit numbers even higher because they don't have the businesses. You know, this goes all the way back to the whole Laffer curve thing in economics, which says that if you lower marginal tax rates, you inspire businesses to grow and you actually mm-hmm. bring in more more tax money because but they there never are more do jobs. that. What they do is they tax more and more and more and make the economy worse and worse and worse. And right. so there's this downward spiral that begins. Yeah, and- this is this is going to be very very bad. And 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 I you know it's. This is the first time. Sometimes you hear these sort of conspiracy things, or there are people who put out financial newsletters and they say, "Oh, the economic apocalypse is coming. Mm-hmm. Invest in my suggestions." Blah blah blah. And uh, you know, I'm just sitting here looking at these things, and I think you know what Mark and what you said, uh, they really hold true. This is a time, and of course, Gene was mentioning the same thing. Uh, this people have no concept of what is going to be coming if they haven't looked at. at the history of inflationary spirals. It is going to be really, really bad. You, you can't escape it. I mean, you no. can't escape the. Uh, you can't escape uh, escape economics, and it's what the government tries to convince people that you can. I mean, right. the government is constantly saying, "We'll take care of you here. We'll take care they of you there." They have this whole economic Medicare. propaganda called Keynesian economics, where right. you know, they they just they lie. It's just a big lie. Well, I mean, they it don't. Is, it's most bogus. people don't know what Keynesian economics is. I barely even know what Keynesian economics is. It's but I do the economics that, they teach in school. I slept through that class. Yep. Anyway, uh, so, but but what I do know is that when the government says, "Well, we're going to take care of your health care, and we're going to take care of your retirement, we're going to take care of your education, we're just going to take care of all this," and uh, you know, then on the other hand, they're saying we're out of money, and you see on the on the other hand, they're printing out a whole bunch of money. I mean, it seems obvious. Should it be obvious to most people that are just paying a little bit of attention that this is all just not going to happen? There's no way. But what does the average person do possible? about it? Well, the the average person's going to be screwed. I mean, and, the average person is that's average. Much it. I mean, right? The know. average person is average, and they're not willing to do anything about it. And, so and, until the average person is willing to do something, very little is going to happen to the average person. Now, if you're above average in that you are willing to take action and you are willing to do something, you are cognizant of the situation that is going on. You've come to the understanding of what the problems are. That's when you can really start to to dig your way out as far as coming up with a solution. And I think that one of the solutions. The solution, in my opinion, is that that all others will spring forth from is this uh, Free State Project, which is basically in its genesis right now. It's in the very beginning stages of thousands of liberty-loving people all moving together, deliberately moving together to create the society they want to see. The voluntary society is happening, and it can happen faster with your participation. And and I really want to impart a sense of urgency to people. I mean, we've seen some really encouraging things here in New Hampshire, which 
is where the destination of the Free State Project is. We've seen some pretty encouraging things as far as you know, there's been some political successes. Uh, you know, a few people have been elected to office and some of the civil disobedience has been successful as well. And, and it's so, really more, but you know, it, it's nothing huge. No, it's, it's not it's gigantic not. at this point. But, it's but there's early. only a few hundred movers. Yes. And what's going on in your state? Because I, 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 I'm I reading the news. I know what's going on. There's there. So yes. So we've had some early successes. Just, you know, even though there are only a few hundred movers, and I think that when you look at uh, what's happening on the national stage, it just keeps getting worse. It seems to be accelerating. Maybe that's just me, but it's definitely getting worse. I just, if you can get to New Hampshire in 2009, get here. If you can get here in 2010, get here. If you, if you need to, if you can move your plans up and move sooner, I think that it's the best thing you can possibly do. I understand that, you know, if you've got no money, well, you've got to get some money because you don't want to move and have no money. Obviously, you need to be have a little bit of a nest egg, I think, before you move. But some people have made it happen even without much of a nest egg. I, I don't recommend that route, but it is possible. But I think that the I don't sooner, recommend not having a nest egg. Yeah, but the sooner we can get activists together in New Hampshire, the better. And I think that a, a sense of urgency really needs to be imparted to people. Get here and get active, it. because, like you said, Mark, nothing's happening where well, you are. When you say it's, when you say um, it, you need the activists need to get here. I wasn't active in Florida, just barely. I, sometimes you drag me off to some no, no, event. No, get or here and get active. Right, and and that's that's it. It's not. Yeah. This isn't for activists. This is for and and in the Revolutionary War, the the people that fought in the Revolutionary War, they weren't actively fighting before the war. They went to fight when they saw hey, that the time had come. You listen. I got to tell you, both you guys. Uh, this is I, I've soaked up a feeling over the weekend that really inspired me. Uh, there is definitely a momentum behind what is going on. I realized I was watching Freedom Watch, and I think I mentioned this to you guys before we started the show. I was watching Andrew Napolitano's Freedom Watch online, which is growing oh, yeah. by leaps and bounds. There were rumors that Fox might make it an actual show uh, on the network, on Fox News, which would be amazing. Napolitano already has a nationally syndicated program. He's becoming one of the centers of real Austrian economic free market thinking, close to anarchist, but at least very, very closely tied to the Founding Fathers and recognizing the mistakes the Founding Fathers made. The guy is a, a phenomenon out there in the media. But I, I watch the show, and virtually every person on the show, I realize I know these people now. We're becoming yeah. – there is a group of people who is starting to move the freedom movement. You look at uh, Jason and Pete – uh, the, mm-hmm. the the motorhome diaries, the motorhome diaries, motorhome yep. diaries dot com. Yep, those guys, you know, uh, starting over a bureau crash, now going out on their own, doing their own thing. You got Free Talk Live, what you guys are doing. Glenn Jacobs was on that program. You had uh, Lou Rockwell on the program. Thomas Woods on the program. All these people either know us or we know them indirectly through other people. And this is a group of people who are now using new media to start to get this word out to people who have their brains still in their head and see that the storm is coming. The mushroom clouds are on the horizon, as Johnny Lydon would have said in Public Image Limited. The other thing I just want to backtrack very quickly On the economic front, the key thing that I think we have to fight is the pop media tendency to fall into the the trap that Frederick Bastiat warned against in the 19th century about government programs, what is seen and what is not seen. With these bailout things, all this TARP nonsense, all these programs that Obama's coming up with, they won't think about what you're saying, Ian. They won't recognize until it's too late that the government injection of liquidity for all these make-work programs and all these things that Obama calls an investment in welfare and all these things, (laughs) building bridges and nonsense like that, 
there there was a story last week. The first of the federal federal uh, assistance uh, programs came through and, uh, for the state of New Hampshire, which will help do this and that and this. And Hallelujah, that. we're saved. Right. So you'll see the report on this yeah. particular program, but you won't see the faces of the multitudinous people who were prevented from using their own money to actually make something productive. Right, That's because, what we've got to stress every time. Because the market allocates resources effectively, whereas the government, it's all arbitrary based on the whims of bureaucrats and re- rewarding friends and neighbor or friends and uh, punishing enemies. More coming back. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Garth. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. We've got a wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. wiki.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise, incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all kinds of legal documents there. It's patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs. You can use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's LegalZoom.com. It is fast and easy. I've done it. LegalZoom.com. All right. Toll free again, 800-259-9231. Right to your phone calls. Let's talk to... Uh, Jeremy in Rhode Island. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi. Hey, Jeremy. Um, I was actually listening to Gene talk about, um, you know, the coming doom. And yes. I'm kind of, you know, I've been expecting the same thing to happen. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, I, I've never lived in a third world country. Have you guys? I have not. Yeah. Lynn has visited one. <laughs> I've been in a few. So how how do you feel about that coming here? Because that I, I, when I look at how much money they're just printing out of thin air, I don't see any other alternative than for a for for some some form of collapse. Well, wait, well um, yes, I, I understand where you're coming from, but it's not just going to be our country. Um, since the United States uh, dollar is the world reserve currency. At this point, and I don't know when that's going to stop. Mm-hmm. What you're actually talking about is a global collapse, not a national collapse. I'm no economic expert, but it would seem to me like we cannot ever be like a third world country because we have so much more wealth that has already been created. It's not like a collapse. Wealth is isn't money. To... Wealth are the things that one uses on a daily basis. Right. So it's not like uh, you know we've got air conditioners that work. We've got all these you know infrastructure, yep. these things that are there. So it's not like an economic collapse is going to totally decimate all of that right off the bat. I mean, it's going to hurt businesses and it's going to hurt people, and uh, and there's no doubt there's going to be tragedy. But I I don't see you know if, uh, t- 20 years later uh, you know the, the Los Angeles turning into a, a dust bowl or something like that. Well, my fear is that the government will try to make it wor- or allow it to be worse. Not not allow, but pretty much do steps to make it worse than it should be, and they'll use it as a power grab to yeah. do more stuff they shouldn't be doing. Oh, most definitely. That's, yeah, that's true. exactly what Roosevelt did. Uh, you know, they they imposed wage and price controls. Uh, they co- you know confiscated private holdings of gold and silver. Uh, he threatened to pack the Supreme Court with his uh, uh, Supreme Court packing thing because they weren't going to uh, support uh, the idea that there was a constitutional uh, predicate for Social Security, which, of course, there was not. 
Uh, yeah, they'll clearly do that. Uh, you've already seen the uh, rumblings of that. They want to use uh, U.S. troops for domestic problems in the and United States. And they are States. going to. Yeah. It's already planned. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they'll definitely do that sort of thing. And, you know, the, we've seen here that the supposed protections of the court system are, are fallacious. They're so, totally ridiculous. Right, so the system itself can be taken in a more third-world despotic direction yeah. for sure. Uh, but all of the existing wealth that is here isn't exactly going to go away. What you will see happen, though, is the amount of new wealth that's being created will will essentially level off uh, eventually, and, and there will be no new wealth created once the or very little new wealth will be created as the government becomes more and more restrictive, as the taxes become larger and larger. So as the you know more of the productive class are having more taken from them, there's just less they can yeah. do with what they have, and so therefore there will be less wealth created. So more wealth. Was was created on, a, I think, a yearly basis several decades ago. Compared to now, it's it's constantly been, I think, going down. Um, and we don't get to see that because all we get to see is it's like like you said, uh, Gardner, the the unseen and the seen. Yeah, we yeah. get to see all the wonderful advancements because we still do have wealth creation here in this country. There still is a modicum of freedom in order to do those things compared to other countries. Uh, but but we don't know how great the wealth creation could be. We can only sit here and speculate on that. I mean, Dr. Mary Ru- Dr. Mary Ruart from uh, Healing Our World in her book, yeah. she talks about how in the absence of the government taxes. We could have so much more wealth, it would be a dramatic increase, like at least eight-fold, I think, in is a, what she said. In a speculative sense, we already are a third-world nation compared to what we could be if you want to you know, draw yes. it in a sort of science fiction way. But just it is an example, a realistic assumption. I mean, we just one example how the FCC held back the cell phone technology. Oh. I mean, the, 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 we could have had cell phones in the 1960s. They held back color television for five years because General Electric had all sorts of, uh, all sorts of radio stations they had invested in uh, on the East Coast. So, so that's just one example. Yeah. Those are just a couple of examples of how the government's interference in the marketplace has restricted the amount of wealth that we could possibly have today. So you take that and multiply it out times every single business that is regulated, times every single person that is taxed, and you can you can just it's boggling it's boggling of the mind to think about how much miss how much we're missing out on how wonderful and safe and wealthy our our lives could be in the absence of the state. So the more the state gets involved, the less wealth we'll see created and that's going to be i think the you know that's what's going to be destructive to our way of life beyond the, all the uh, the political changes as well that they're talking about yeah thanks for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you let's continue with jeff in california jeff you're on free talk live hello there hey guys hey jeff hey, what's jeff. on your mind tonight oh nothing uh, last night i signed up uh, i think i was nine thousand three hundred one. Free- oh uh, gonna be a mover for the free state project yes congratulations and um, probably within two years, Excellent. Uh, and listening to the other callers, I'm, I'm anticipating uh, um, just with the money situation, uh, something's going to happen. And, uh, you know, but just rise above it. Um, I mean, I make good money. I'm going to be tightening my belt. Um, and better to be, if something is going to be happening like that, better to be around like-minded people. Well, that's my point. That's what yeah. I was telling my girlfriend. I said, look, you know, um, being here, uh, if something happens, uh, don't expect on the neighbor. Um, yeah, don't rely on your neighbor. Yeah, and, and, and for like, it's it's just California. I mean, uh, for a carton of cigarettes, now it's 100 bucks. What? For, uh, yeah. What? 
For real? I'm, I'm quitting smoking. A carton uh, of cigarettes? A hundred dollars? American spirits. My Whoa. gosh. Jeez. You know, and it's just like, what, I'm like, <sighs> going, hold on a second. You know, and, uh, you know, and I don't buy corporate coffee. I, I buy coffee beans and I have a coffee press. And I, you know, make my cup of coffee. And uh, it's tightening the belt here and there, buying silver, buying gold. Um, you know, squirreling away, um, and just anticipating uh, the move. Great, and, yeah. And what really broke my, you know, just what I saw. The last straw. Yeah, it was um, my mother was, she was prescribed um, uh, Ambien. Mm. And uh, apparently, like, I don't know, my dad, she woke up and started sleepwalking. Fell down, and my dad th- thought she had a stroke. It was like three o'clock in the morning. Called the ambulance, and then she went to the hospital. Wasn't a stroke, um, but she hurt her ankle. And then the insurance, uh, once she was cleared with the MRIs and all that, um, uh, they recommended her going to physical therapy. And uh, you know, it's like all right, uh, but then when it turned out, they took her. To, they raped her insurance, which I flagged. I called them up, and they took her to an old folks' home. And when I called, I hear people in the background screaming with Alzheimer's, and I'm going, what kind of physical therapy are you getting? You know, like the range of motion machine, a whirlpool on your foot or whatever. Yeah. You know, and then they just, uh, and then when she comes home, then the state has a worker coming out to see if they're, uh, sane enough to live on their own. And so I'm the state getting, got involved in this, even though yeah. they weren't, uh, she wasn't receiving welfare or anything like that? No, they're, they, no. Wow. They're, they're both there. My mom's retired from Pac Bell, and my dad's retired from, uh, uh, he's a civil engineer. So because she went to this particular rehab place where the people were screaming with Alzheimer's in the background, the state got uh, wind of her and decided to take up her case? Well, I think there's like a little scam going on with this uh, with this facility, and then well, you know, and then this guy with the badge shows up, and I'm sitting there, and they're asking, you know, and my dad wasn't even involved, and they're asking him, do you know who the president is? What? Who, honest to God. So they want to take your parents and put them in a mental facility. Hey, and then and listen, I just said, and then my mom started crying, and I said, look, you can leave now. It's about time. Next time, don't answer the door for him. And I'm sorry to hear your story. I look forward to seeing you here in New Hampshire. And uh, thank you. And good luck out there while you're still stuck in California. Uh, get unstuck from where you are. If you think the Free State Project sounds like a, a viable idea, do what Jeff is doing and start making the plans to get here. Figure out that you want to get here and then figure out what it's going to take for you to accomplish that and act on your plan. Or sit and wait and see what happens. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. 
SwissAmerica.com reports Thursday gold prices shot over $950 an ounce on a falling dollar amid a sell-off on Wall Street. Gold closed in New York up $16.70 to $953.90, a two-month high. Silver rose $0.30 cents to $14.55. Rather than looking at gold from a returns point of view, an investor should look at diversifying into it purely for its quality as a pure hedge against exposure to either debt or equity, reports the India Times. More at SwissAmerica.com. Recession, inflation, market volatility, what do you do to protect your money? Call Swiss America to send you a free education on gold investing. Gold offers you safety, liquidity, and excellent profit potential. Gold is the only asset that's not someone else's liability. The DVD, booklet, and newsletter are free. The knowledge you'll gain is invaluable. Call toll-free 800-630-1496. That's 800-630-1496. 800-630-1496 today. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the third hour of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We will start things out with your phone calls. That's what the show is about. So let's start and talk to Pat in Michigan. Pat, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Pat. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Well, not much. Y'all having a good night? Pretty good. Good It doesn't get better than this, doing radio, getting paid for it, talking to people like you, Pat. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm a pretty cool guy. Anyway, last night... You're the coolest. uh, I can tell. Last night... My cool meter uh, is uh, is off its hinges right now. Oh, is it? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. Go ahead, Pat. Tell us about last night. You just got to live up to your rep, my man. Okay. Well, uh, Mark said... That uh, every man on this world would uh, have sex with Julia. Yeah, he's probably wrong about that. Yeah. It's an exaggeration. Hyperbole. I think that's hyperbole. I was just calling to say that I would not like to have sex. Not because she's unattractive, but uh, not my type. Yeah. Yeah, some people like them big. Uh, you know, some people they've got their preferences, and some people you like know, them. Get, you know, do. men. Some some men like men, and they, you some know, people they like, like you. different races too. Darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. You there know you mean? go, that kind of stuff. So I appreciate that. I, I I absolutely agree with you. Mark was definitely exaggerating. Yes, and he also said that um, that the United States uh, would not face economic collapse, but there's going to be a world collapse. I disagree with that completely because you mean the same uh, yeah, this evening, my okay. bad, my bad. But um, he said that, yeah, the world was going to collapse. That's just bogus. I mean, the world is in a much better position than the United States is because the United States has no productive capacity, and it has an undereducated um, population that is going to have to pay for a retiring population, which is much bigger than it's ever been in American history. Yeah, that that is a uh, certainly a big anchor around the United States' uh, neck. But, I mean, we do have the advantage of being the world's reserve currency, so I, I'm thinking that there's going to be some kind of offset to that. Well, why do you say there's no, no productive... Ca- not. Why do you say there's no productive capacity in the United States? What does that mean? Well, look, when you go to the store and you buy, you know, a sofa, you're giving money to people who live in Taiwan. Or it's not China. really sofas. Sofas not so much made out of the outside of the country. Maybe maybe in uh, Mexico or Canada, but uh, sofas are big. Pretty much everything no, you go, get at Walmart. At What's my that? sofa says Taiwan on it. I, I wouldn't want an American to make my sofa. I want to sit on that. It's really great. 
I, I would I would well, just we I, make sofas in the United States. It, we don't make cheap plastic crap that they have at Walmart, and that's where you're right. I mean, well, I, I would I would actually just like to inject a little bit. Uh, whether we make sofas in the United States or we don't make sofas in the United States is irrelevant. It's a matter of whether or not we are productive in so many ways. For example, the service industry provides a level of productivity. It's it's the idea, and this is one of the key things. Looking at the idea that American consumers might be buying Taiwan-made products is not a bad thing. Absolutely not. It is a good thing if that gives them money left over to get something else. So productivity is, for us, also something that is a function of being able to get the cheapest or the product that gives us the best quality for our buck. And so... Uh, the idea that American manufacturing, for example, might be changing and that certain things that were manufactured in the United what States. American manufacturing? Well, that's it. You, you often heard this back in the 90s where, oh, there's going to be this giant sucking sounds of jobs that are going to go yeah. overseas. Well, you know, let them go overseas if that means that I as a consumer or my neighbor as a consumer can buy something for less, less and have money left over yeah. to start well, a new completely. job. I See, agree completely with your position. Right. But the, the problem is, that because of the regulations imposed by the state, yep, um, yep. all the productive jobs, the jobs that export units in order to maintain a stable currency, have been exported. And in fact, this um, growth that you're talking about, the United States GDP is almost, well, it is, it's over 70% consumption. Over 70% consumption. Right, so when you say, produ- when you say mm-hmm. production, you mean actual producing products because you can produce wealth by not just making products. You can produce wealth by providing great services. And the consumption and- that you're talking about means that the, the citizens of the United States or denizens um, of the United States are acquiring wealth, which is real stuff, no, not, not FRNs. Consumption is wealth destroying. When you when you nope. go, nope, that doesn't not. destroy I mean, wealth. Uh, admit, admit, admittedly that uh, you know cars and things like that, hard hard assets are depreciating assets. However, while I have that car that's depreciating, it still drives. Right. The fact well, that you, the, the fact that Americans can spend us that significant amount of money on such consumable items or consumer items really goes to show exactly how wealthy we are. Oh, uh, that's nonsense. We have paper. We have paper dollars that we export overseas. For I understand that, but we buy still things wealth. with those paper dollars. There's still real wealth here in this country, even though there's no. paper dollars that aren't backed by Where? anything. What are you? Th- what, what are you talking about? My washing machine is real wealth. It washes clothes for me. Everything right. that you see uh, that has been created by man's hands mixing together labor with uh, the natural resources that we have is wealth. I mean, right. that's that's wealth. Even the resources themselves are wealth. I mean, everything that we have is wealth, and the more that we have, the more wealthy we are it's not just wealth isn't a term that is just about dollars and cents precisely right what you're talking about are those things that increase your standard of living those things that allow you to work less to get the things that give you pleasure or improve your life and by that standard uh, some of the matrices, some of the matrices that you're using are a little bit off. Although we're we're sort of on the same page on most things here, I think uh, there are a couple things where if we were sitting around a coffee table, we might disagree. Uh, and I think you can reduce it and really get down to the nut of it if you if you bring up the island example. If you're on an island and the people on the other island, or and as you said, you've got so many regulations or whatever. But if you find that. Uh, just on the basic foundational uh, structure of it, if you find that people on another island are really good at uh, cutting down trees and you're really crappy at cutting trees. Well, the problem is that the American is on an island with a bunch of Chinese people. He tells them to go out and work. They bring a bunch of stuff to him. 
And he takes that stuff and he consumes it, and then he calls himself the engine of economic no, growth. No, no. So you're a little bit off yeah. there because because mm-hmm. what you, you're you're ascribing certain certain qualities to this. What I'm saying is it, it it's just a, a basic matter of fundamental economics. Here is what you're looking at is if you've got those this island scenario and you can go mm-hmm. to some other people who are doing a better job doing something, and oh, you can do and you're really oh, I understand that. well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if if you're doing something that you're not particularly good at, whatever the reasons are, in this case because sometimes the government uh, puts regulations on or in, or in another case because in other countries they don't have those types of regulations or they have cheaper labor or whatever it might be or they have re- more readily available resources for this or for that. Um, if it allows you the access to those goods which improve your life, you are wealthier for it if it gives you easier access to those things that make your life better. Absolutely. All those people that don't have jobs uh, doing whatever it was that moved over to the other country, those people that had those jobs and are now uh, without those jobs, they'll find something else to do. As long as there's a relative freedom in the marketplace, there is always going to be a demand for uh, for new products and services to be, oh, to be created. That. Yeah. yeah now at this, no. And at the same time, the prices for those things that they're getting for even those people who are displaced and put into new jobs are going down and the people who are trying to start up the new jobs they have to be able to get the stuff that they rely on for less too why should they be forced to have to buy uh, only american made type things no, you know? that's, that's not, i i understand i know i understand you're not a, you're not you're not specifically concentrating on free trade but uh, the the problem is that there's an ins- there's an incidental thought process here and i we don't connect with what you're saying you're saying that because all these things well, – I don't want to m- misconstrue what you're saying, but y- you seem to be implying that because all these things have been moved overseas, no. we have nothing left here as far as productive capacity no. is concerned. My point was that the productive capacity has so been diminished, and the currency relative to productive capacity – you guys still hear me? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, definitely. Uh, I cut out for a second. No but problem. The, um, the strength of – the relative strength of the United States dollar – as compared to the relative strength of the United States productive capacity yes, yes. is so diminished over the last 30 years that the currency uh, it's inevitable for the currency to to meet that 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 uh, lessening that diminishment which is why we're going to have a currency crisis so i'm not saying that we have no wealth i'm saying that because we have no productive capacity okay who disagrees with that yeah thanks for the call <laughs> none tonight. of us disagree with that yeah there's no doubt that i mean if there weren't for all these government regulations and taxes on businesses there's no doubt that a lot of those jobs never would have left the United States. And, and, you know, that would be good for people if they hadn't lost their jobs. Obviously, more on the way. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. And the money situation is going to be bad for a variety of reasons. That's one of them. Uh, more coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number for you to bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours free. Just go to freetalklive.com. Audiblepodcast.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming. Content from Audible is downloaded and played back on personal computers, CDs, or iPod players. And you can try it out for free by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com/ftl. That's audiblepodcast.com/ftl. 
you don't do that whole address, you won't get the free audiobook. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right. We continue taking your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Let's talk to John listening in somewhere on the road, sounds like. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, John. Yeah, this is, uh, sorry. Yeah, this is John from Arizona. How you doing? John, hey. welcome to the show. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, thanks. Well, I'm actually uh, sitting in my car, surrounded by all of my belongings, en route uh, from Arizona. I've been driving since the end of your show Saturday night. You coming to New Hampshire, man? Headed for New Hampshire. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Congratulations yeah. on that. Thank you so much. Uh, what was it that uh, was the final straw for you? What was it that uh, made you decide that the Free State Project, the idea of moving thousands of liberty-loving people together to get active for freedom, was something you wanted to be a part of? Oh, well, I've, I've loved the idea since I heard about it. Uh, actually, I, I did have an idea for an event there. Mm. Once I got there, I wanted to uh, shake Sam's hand. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I wanted to shake Sam's hand uh, if he's still in a cage or, or not. And I was thinking we should uh, have an event, schedule some sort of event, where everyone who has arrived in New Hampshire since Sam has been caged should go there. Oh, and that's a cool idea. Shake his hand. Well, you won't be able to shake his hand because he's going to be behind glass, uh, but it's still a cool idea to gather together all of the people that have been inspired to move to New Hampshire because of Sam, who's our friend, just for listeners that don't know, our friend and co-host on this program that has now been in jail for six full weeks. He's entering his seventh week now sitting behind bars because he dared to record video in a court, uh, public court lobby and then further dared to uh, use his supposed right to remain silent and not give his name to his captors. So getting all of the people together that have been inspired to move here to New Hampshire specifically because of what Sam did, I think that'd be a really powerful event. Yeah. I don't know how many of the people that are here in New Hampshire now have been inspired to move by Sam because it's going to take some time yeah. for the people he's generally. inspired to move up here. But generally, I think that's a very cool idea. And maybe, you know, if you can put it together when you get here, that's great. If it takes you a few months, you know, whatever it takes, I think that's a great idea. When did you hear about the Free State Project? Well, I was actually uh, in Germany at the time teaching English as a second language. Uh, a, uh, a colleague there listened to Free Talk Live all the time, and he suggested I listen to it. So, uh, great. When I first started listening to it, I thought it was great, and uh, decided to eventually move to New Hampshire, and I'm in route right now. That's well, great. cool, John. That's Congratulations! Fantastic. What's your destination? Just out of curiosity. Well, I I would like to move to Keene. Uh, eventually, but uh, right now I have an arrangement to stay in Salem, New Hampshire. Great, wherever it, wh- wherever it takes. As long as you're here, in, you're here in New Hampshire. There are activists around. There are opportunities that you can plug into and you can get active with. And I want to share a story here in a little bit from uh, from somebody who did move up, who was not active in any way, shape, or form where he lived, and has since become what I would describe as a super activist. It's an amazing story. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Yeah. By the way, you're going to be at Pork Fest. I'm going to try to make it there, yeah. Great. We'll Great. see you up there, we'll man. see you there. Anything yeah. else on your mind, John? No, that's that's about Thanks it. Thanks for the call. Thank Have you, a safe sir. trip, okay? Thank Thanks you, sir. Moving. 800-259-9231. That's what it's going to take. Individual by individual, hopefully family by family as well. Bring, bring along some friends while you're at it. Uh, but individual by individual coming here and making the choice to pick up their lives and move to a place where they'll be surrounded by people that are of like mind. And uh, that's going to be what it takes to make a difference. Because if you're where you're at and there's very little going on, and that's the way it is in, the, in most places, how are you ever going to change that? How do you ever expect to make a dent in their system where you are if you don't have big backup uh, behind you? How? 
I'd love to hear your ideas. 800-259-9231. I know the Freedoms Phoenix guys have a pretty good group out there, mm-hmm. and they're yeah, doing something. Right. Yeah. I don't know if they've made much of a dent yet, but I you know, can't really say we've made a huge dent here in New Hampshire either. Uh, but I think that it'll be interesting to see how these different groups that are gathering people. There's, of course, the Free State Wyoming group, which isn't really large at all. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how the different... They're not trying to make a difference. They're just trying to arm up and wait for Armageddon, baby. You know, that'll be, you know maybe it'll be Polish interesting. Polish that rifle. It'll, yeah, different either way, different it'll, choices for different people, right, different it, focal points. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how each movement plays out and what level of success they have. What I thought was really telling, Gardner, was that you said that you've been watching this Freedom Watch show, which yeah. is this Fox News internet show that they put out there on a once-a-week basis. Yeah. You've been watching this show, and recently you noticed that you know these people that are guests on that show. Like yeah. These are the, the doers in the liberty movement now. We know these guys. A lot of them have moved here to New Hampshire. Uh, Jason Sorens, he hasn't moved yet, but he's the founder of the Free State Project. He was on the show a few weeks ago. This last show, I think they had Glenn Jacobs and Pete and Jason on. It was Pete amazing. and Jason from the Motorhome Diaries. Yeah. All three of those guys our free state project members so three three guests in one show free staters i mean it's it seems and like it's getting to be pretty obvious that the real doers in this movement yeah. are here or either coming here to new hampshire and there's and the it, ones that just don't want to believe it i mean there's there's some doers in other states that are like no i'm not gonna leave i'm going down with this ship no matter what <laughs> uh, this is where my family is this is where the people i love and i'm not leaving and well you know what's sort of exciting what's sort of exciting about it is and you know you don't want to find any sort of equivalency uh, to some of the great, great heroes in the libertarian movement, Rothbard and Mises and the the, the, the great intellects, Ayn Rand and, and Thomas Paine and Bastiat and some of these people, and many of whom are, are out there today working in the economics profession or, or out there uh, propagandizing, writing books, the, the, the tomes. It's a different world now. Yeah, there are still books being written. You know, there are still, I mean, I got my book out there. Okay, cool. There are still magazines that are out there. But things are shifting over. You know, Reason's doing a great job out there with their online presence. Drew Carey, it's, it's much more media, moving media oriented audiovisual mm-hmm. oriented. That's important. Um, it's yeah. an important step for this movement. And that's why I think Free Talk Live is so key. See, what you guys do, and what, one of the things that I realized over at our, our website, as I said, look, you know... Which is libertyconspiracy.com. You said earlier it was you. the libertyconspiracy.com. Do you own that as well? Uh, no, no. It's just libertyconspiracy.com. Okay. I thought you might have made a yeah. mistake there. Libertyconspiracy.com is Guard's website. Grab his podcast. Good stuff. Thanks, Thanks with your thoughts. Yeah. Well, I, I just thought, you know, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're changing the paradigm where before Thomas Paine had to write up uh, pamphlets. He was a pamphleteer. Mm-hmm. You know, he wrote the crisis. Uh, now is the time for all of good men. You know, now is the time. These are the times that try men's souls and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, then he, he wrote common sense and that that sort of thing. Uh, printing, okay, fine. You know, but we have now the internet. We've got audio, and not only do we have people who are writing articles, LouRockwell.com, and writing great blog sites. You've got FreeKeen.com and so on, and mm-hmm. and you've got FTL with the forum and everything, and the, and the wiki. But in addition to that, you're making audio things, and this is one of the things that I love so much about being able to do what we do is we make these things portable so people can take this ideology, this thought, these these comments and these things, and take them with them wherever they might be. They can take them on their MP3 players, in their cars, wherever, and then they can send them to friends. So it's a totally different paradigm, and we're starting to see the people who are working in this new media starting to come to the fore, and they're starting to stir stir things up, and there are a lot of people who back that, that movement. I and love it. And a lot of it's coming out of New Hampshire, which is uh, another yes. good sign. All right, more on the way here, 800 259 
888-230-8231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But how difficult is it to go from no activism to being an activist? How difficult is that process? We'll share one person's story here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, the other day I bought my first firearm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's pretty fifty seven. Match. I even got a $5 disguise discount. Nice. All I had to do was sign up for the military. Sign what? Huh? I have to die on Talk Live. It's your show. You can dial in and bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, Ian here with you. Ian Gard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features free, so uh, enjoy the bulletin board system. We've got over 450,000 posters, a lot to talk about, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. BBS. FreeTalkLive.com. We go to the phones and the fun. Todd is in Michigan. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ian, Garrett, and Mark. How's it going, guys? Hey, good, man. Good. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, before I go into my subject, Garrett, uh, I would love to have you on my show sometime. I'll email you. Great, no great. Feel free, man. That'd be great. Um, is your email address, hey. uh, what's your current email address these days, Garrett? Uh, it well, still? yeah, I'll, I'll give it out. If people want to get in touch with me, it's E-L-G and then another G, R-A. N is in Nancy, D is in dog, E is an elephant. It's Spanish for the big G, LG Grande at msn.com. We need to get you set up with uh, one of those libertyconspiracy.com emails. Yeah, yeah people, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, if it, you do actually, your bio for Free Talk Live, we'd get you a Free yeah, Talk Live they can, uh, they can email me at libertyconspiracy at yahoo.com. I've got I've got a Liberty Conspiracies. Yeah, but have you ever thought about doing like something at libertyconspiracy.com since that is your website? Uh yeah, but pretty much that stuff all goes to my webmaster and you know it gets yeah. a little difficult there. So. Yeah, I I got you. Anyway. It's it's relatively simple. We got to get you I'll help you out with that behind Thanks. the scenes cuz I think that would be ideal. That yeah, way every right. time you give your what your and then email, I'd be mentioning the website. Right, you'd be yeah. by default mentioning the website. Absolutely. So. Todd, mention the website on name one more time. Yeah. What, what's the website name, Todd? Um you mean my website? No, my <laughs> website. Mine. Oh, I'm, I'm just, just I'm just playing. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm fooling around. Uh, See, that's just it. We need better branding, Gardner. <laughs> that's right. All right, Tom, so what, what are can you we do for you, man? Well, anyway, I'm calling because uh, I don't know if you guys saw this about a few days ago, but Ron Paul was on the Edge show on MSNBC.com. I did see this. Ed Schultz. Yeah. Yeah, that... this, this, this liberal talker. I mean, this actually more like the awful. status talker, if you yeah. will. I, wow. I've and, never really listened to Ed Schultz. Besides, there was one time during Ron Paul's campaign last year that I, I listened to an interview that Ed Schultz did of Ron Paul during the campaign. And back then, you'd have thought Ed, uh, Ed Schultz was a fan of Ron Paul because he was, you know, basically uh, giving him airtime in order to uh, fight against uh, the Republicans, right? Because Ron Paul was basically, right. uh, Ed Schultz uh, saw that Ron Paul was uh, better in comparison than the other Republicans. And so apparently he was giving him airtime. Uh, but boy, did he change his demeanor when he was talking to him on his new television show on MSNBC. What happened? Well, basically, he put Ron in with this little segment called Cycle Backtalk. And basically, he was challenging Ron Paul on his position uh, uh, to 
abolished the Department of Ed and Agriculture, and uh, and Ed Schultz was trying to smear him. I mean, Ryan could even get a word in edgewise by yeah, a good was, chunk of the time. He was uh, just talking right over him, and Ron Paul would say something like, well, are you going to let me talk? And Ed would yeah. just continue yammering. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ed's yeah. basic and point was that uh, Ron Paul is a psycho. They had the word psycho underneath Ron Paul's picture the entire time. Uh, that Ron Paul was psycho because he wanted to get rid of the Department of Education and the Department of Agriculture. And Ron Paul said, well, you know, Ed, well, what about the Constitution? Right. I mean, uh, don't you care about that? Well, yeah, of course I care about the Constitution. And yes, we do have to make government, you know, cut government down to size. But we can't do it right. in those areas. This, this is education and uh-huh. farms we're talking Not about. Not to mention that since the Department of Education came around, the United States has slipped in world rankings as far as education and goes. Ron Paul pointed out that when it comes to the uh, agriculture department, a lot of that money is most of it's going to big corporate farmers. And you know, he exactly. said, "Ed, wouldn't you That's be exactly against something said. like that?" And so Ed's right. response was, "Well, yeah, well, I mean, no, you know, we're, we're talking about the way the programs run. Right. They yeah. have to bury farmers right. three feet in the ground so they can still get yep. their hands out for the handout." <laughs> oh yeah. So this yeah. is a, a noxious combination when you get somebody who actually wants to talk about principle, freedom, individual liberty, and what the Founding Fathers actually said on a program that's supposed to be dealing with American politics. And, oh, you know, nary a second should actually go by when the host wants to talk about those this, those actual issues. Why did he bother bringing them on, Todd? Yeah, it's like, God forbid you ever talk about freedom on the Ed show for crying out loud. Well, he brought him on um, so he could put the, uh, so he could put Psycho, Psycho underneath, underneath Ron Paul, uh, on the show. Now, you have to ask Ron Paul, why did you go on the show? Of course, he probably didn't know the segment was going to be called Psycho, whatever. He found, probably found that out during the interview. It was Psycho Back Talk. Psycho Back Talk. And, yeah. uh, and I think if Ron Paul is ever to go back on this show, he needs to lay down a few ground rules. Like, hey, you know, I'll come on your show again as long as you, you know, call me a psycho. Let me answer uh, the questions and say what I need to say. Uh, how can people find that online, uh, Todd? Can they just go and search for Ron Paul Ed Schultz on YouTube and it'll come up? Well, you just go to msnbc.com. They have a clip on there, but they can also go into my U page, a uh, YouTube page at liber- um, youtube.com slash let liberty ring, and you can find it on there and Great. just watch the clip on YouTube. So, yeah, it's outrageous. Way, thanks for the comment on on uh, on my YouTube page. So Very I good, really Todd. appreciate it. Thank you for putting yeah. that up there. It was uh, definitely worth a watch. Thank you for the call tonight, just to see how much of a bully this Ed Schultz guy is. I mean, it's one th- it's one thing to be mean to rude. a caller or something like that on a talk show who's getting heated and getting angry at you, because then you're kind of following, and we've been guilty of that on this show. But you're you're following their lead essentially. Like if they're going to be a jerk, okay, we'll we'll be a jerk back to you uh, sometimes, depending on the mood that uh, that we're in. But when you call someone up to have them as a, a guest on your show, yeah, and and there's a different right. level of decorum, I think that uh, that is called for there. Yeah, you were saying, Mark, there's what? Well, it's entirely different. It's an ambush. Yeah. And I do appreciate a good ambush too, but if you want yourself to still look good during the ambush, you should at least get your give your victim the chance to uh, say what he needs to say to to bury himself. Yeah, I mean, well, and, Ron Paul is not the one to debate with if you're gonna exactly. if you're gonna try to look good after exactly. ambush. And and yeah. and to Ron's credit, I mean, considering his, that he's a little older than Ed, uh, he did a pretty good job of standing up for himself under what was a vicious attack. And it is interesting because Paul comes from a tradition of giving people an opportunity to speak, a fair exchange. Yeah. This sort of thing. He's a, he's a he's got great great uh, principles and his his idea of cordiality and so on is really terrific. And and his son Rand is a lot a lot like him as well. And then you get on these shows and you just sit there and you say, geez, 
can't these people see how obnoxious they look in, next to these guys? You know, like poor, poor, poor Ron Paul sitting there getting a, getting abused by this guy, but at the same time you're watching this other guy saying you're a clown. Yeah, that's what it was really useful for was to see just how awful uh, television programming can be yeah. as far as these political talking head show uh, shows. All right, let's go to freekeen.com uh, editorial from Mike Barsky. We've talked to Mike a few times on this show. He's been to jail. Uh, for his activism here in New Hampshire, he is uh, the organizer of the the Free Keen, uh, Free Keen Fest, which just happened over the weekend with a, a very, very good turnout, record turnouts, and it was an amazing event. And I've always considered uh, Mike Barsky a super activist. I mean, from the moment he's gotten here in New Hampshire, he's been out and about doing things. He's been at various different activism events and parties and social gatherings and things like that. And he's everywhere. Uh, he's ubiquitous almost. And so he is telling his story. He says, I attended the Liberty Forum in Concord, New Hampshire, back in February of 2007 to find out what the Free State Project was all about. I wanted to meet with people with similar views to mine, uh, to actually know firsthand that there were others in the world like me, and to see the state experience what winter was like and get a feel for the cities in New Hampshire. I decided I liked it here. There were more liberty-loving people, very active ones, than I imagined, and I thought that living amongst them would be enjoyable. But while I had a strong understanding of the principles of liberty and a strong opinion about the way things should be, I had never acted on my beliefs before. I had never passed out fully informed jury association literature. I had never refused to cooperate with a law enforcement officer. I'd always filed my taxes, etc. I hadn't even tried to educate my family. Well, I gave up after a few futile arguments. Being active toward the achievement of liberty and toward educating others about it was completely foreign to me. In fact, I wasn't even very social either. I'd lived in a population of about 100,000 for six years, and I knew only two people, a couple, friends of my parents. Hmm. I didn't have any friends, didn't know my neighbors, didn't do anything outside of my home. I was voluntarily reclusive because I thought at the time that the odds of meeting someone that I have values in common with were so slim that I didn't even want to exert the effort to find them. This was based on my experience in life up to that point. I had only ever met one person who shared significant values with me, so I thought it would be nearly impossible to find more like me. So he was a recluse. He was a hermitus. Uh, he barely left his house. And now he's here, and out and about will continue his story. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com uh, to join up to learn more about the program. Basically, we take your $3 a month in, combine it with other people's $3 a month, and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So please go to amp.freetalklive.com when you get a chance and get behind the show. Now, we're telling a story of an activist, Mike Barsky. It's his story. He wrote it. It's uh, about him moving here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State 
project what life was like for him before he moved to New Hampshire in that he was not an activist, had never done one thing as far as activism was concerned. He uh, was also relatively reclusive. Sounds like even more so than I was. Uh, I was relatively reclusive down in Florida. I didn't have, uh, you know, I mean, I I had some friends and I would spend some time with them. But as far as going out and doing a whole lot of stuff... I would go out and do activism that I set up and I put together. The only activism that was happening was because of me. But as far as doing more social things like that, it just, I just didn't really have a big social network down there. Up here, all of that's different, as Mike will explain. He says, this was all based on my experience, and I've only met one person who shared significant values, so I thought it would be impossible to find people like me. When I moved to, to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, everything changed. Now I have numerous friends and countless acquaintances. I'm doing something with friends socially or as activism maybe up to five times every week. Sometimes I attend two or three events in a single day. I drive hundreds of miles weekly, whereas previously I would drive almost exclusively to the grocery store twice per month. And I'm what about acti- work, huh? What about work? I don't know. Maybe he did that. Oh, no, I'm not sure. Uh, and I'm maybe he was excluding work. Anyway, I'm actively spreading the ideas of liberty as well as living living them. I did move here for the purpose of being around other liberty-oriented people and trying to gain more freedom and less government. But I had no idea how easy and fun it would be. The day I moved in, free staters I had never met agreed to pick me up from the airport and drop me off at my new apartment at 11 o'clock at night. Thanks, Kathleen and Don. We are now friends. Mm. After having been here only a couple of weeks, Ian asked for volunteers to help plan the Keen Freedom Fest. I had never heard of it, but I said I'd be glad to help, even though I had never organized an event before. The project became mine, but so many people volunteered to help that I practically didn't have to do anything. People were eager to participate. I simply asked, would someone like to do X? And more than one volunteer leapt at the opportunity. Others said, X is a good idea, and I'm also going to do Y. And this is something that you'll see happening here when you move. You'll hear us talking about it, but you'll really experience it here is when something when an activist wants to do some sort of activism, they just basically come up with the idea, throw it out there. And the people that are interested in helping with that step up. That's how it works. So there's really not much organizing that Mike has had to do for the free Keen Fest beyond just picking a date and a time. And then everybody else just kind of self-organizes themselves. (laughs) There's no real... That's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it is what it's like. I know because I I organized the the first couple of them and my events were much smaller uh, than his. Yeah, he he did a really great job. Yeah, uh, but, but I experienced a similar thing. And he says, the first time I visited Taproom Tuesdays, which is a local uh, social gathering on a weekly basis in the Manchester area, he says, Dennis Goddard from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance presented an opportunity to help candidates run for office. I asked Toby and Nick of Free Minds TV if I could help make their show, and having never met me, they warmly welcomed me to participate. I now do that with them every week. There were activists challenging the authority of government everywhere, so I had no shortage of trials to attend to support people like Kat and Lauren. When Andrew announced his marijuana protest, I volunteered to help him. So did almost 50 other activists. When the government jailed me for victimless crimes, friends attended the government's arraignment for me and protested outside the courthouse. And 25 friends supported me in the courtroom when I stood up to the judge. But I didn't stand for the judge, he says. (laughs) There is so much to do that a person has a tough time deciding what to participate in. There are movie nights, poker games, social gatherings at restaurants and bars, picnics, hikes, frisbee golf, car races, beach outings, polar plunges, pirate parties, camping, rallies, protests, trials, festivals, conventions, government hearings and votes, welcome wagon moving days, that's helping new people move in and unload at their new home, ice cream socials, church of the gun, 
trivia contests, charitable volunteering, and he's listing all of the things he has personally been involved That's in so pretty far. Amazing. Uh, I can't possibly think of everything that goes on here, but I can tell you there's so much that I cannot participate in every event that I want to. I can tell you. As an activist back in Florida, that was something that I never even considered possible. Was like having two Too things much to pick to from at, at the same time. One key to all this positive activity is that there is no central planning, says Mike. This works wonderfully for both the social and activism aspects of life here. When someone wants to do something, they just do it. And people who also want to do it, join them. There's no committee to obtain permission from first. There's no <laughs> form to fill out to make sure your event doesn't occur simultaneously with other events. There's no vote to decide whether your idea is worth doing. We, the market, decide by attending and participating or not. The result is that everything that anyone wants to do is being done, and you can join them. Although I would say, as an addition, that if you can't find what you want happening here as far as activism is concerned, just start, start. it. That's all you have to do. Someone will join you. And he says the benefit of decentralization of activism is there's no head for the government to cut off and stop the progress of liberty. We are like a hydra. If the government attacks and jails me for planning the keen or the free keen fest, someone else will just plan the next one. If the government jails Andrew for his marijuana protest, someone else will possess marijuana in public next time. Maybe two people, maybe more. And each time the government goes overboard, like they've done so far with a number of activists, specifically Sam, who's now in jail on his seventh week, uh, more and more people are awakened to the tyranny and will move here to participate in spreading freedom and peace. I had no idea that there would be so many appealing options available to me once I moved here. I didn't think I'd ever have so many friends and supporters. I never thought it would be so easy to be active, or as much fun as it is. I jumped right in as soon as I moved here, but I have friends who prefer doing fewer things simultaneously. There are opportunities here waiting to knock on your door. There are great friends waiting for you to know them. Whether you prefer to dive in or just dip your toe in first, come on in. The water's fine. And I thought that, uh, when I read that, I thought, that's got to be... that. That's got to be the best moving story I've ever read. I mean, there have been some great moving stories, and in the, in the Free State Project has a number of them on their website. But that's, that's I think that's a really persuasive article. Very, yeah, considering you went from uh, basically doing nothing and being a recluse to, I mean, Mark, Mike Barsky's busy out there. From zero to hero. I yeah. called him a super activist. I, I mean, he's all over the place. I would have had I would have had, had Mike Barsky never written this article. I'd have had no idea he had that past. Nope. No, I'd, that's I'd a great have thought point. this guy was like you know he was schooled in in being sociable and schooled in in organizing things and and doing activism. I I would have been completely believing that he was a super activist out in California who moved here to New Hampshire to continue his super activism. But uh, clearly that's not the case. He did nothing uh, in the past before he moved to New Hampshire, and now it's like it's it's almost like. Uh, um, you know the, uh, the chrysalis or whatever. And I, don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but the the process of the the, the moth turning into the butterfly or the larvae or whatever. What Meta- is it? Metamorphosis. The caterpillar. The metamorphosis. It's, that's it's the probably. Term. I think there's a word like uh, what you're talking about too, but I yeah. don't know what it is. So that's that's how I feel about this. It's like the process of moving to New Hampshire and getting into direct contact with other like-minded people who are already active. It's it's an energizing occurrence that uh, that that helps you transform into somebody that you never really were before. Somebody that you you know, and somebody who's effective in life. That's beautiful, and and it it rubs off on all these other people. You know, seeing Mark doing other people having fun uh, with something that he starts up, and they say, Yeah, man, let's go down, let's join up with this. 
this. It's uh, it's an infectious thing. And how cool. cool is it that we're still in the very beginning of all this? I mean, there's only 700 free staters here in New Hampshire. Right. There's 90, more than 9,300 signers at this point. Yeah. Um, so we just heard from 9301 tonight. Yeah, I, I can't wait until we. Uh, awesome. I can't wait until we get to halfway, and then it, it'll. I, I think that that's once we make it to halfway, I think it'll go a little faster downhill. Just a hope. I hope so. But it's it's exciting to watch it and uh, be a part of it. All right, so go to freestateproject.org if you want to learn more about what's happening here. Otherwise, we go to Rob in Canada. Rob, uh, your thoughts, sir. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Quick, quick question for you. I was in the States uh, over the weekend, and I was traveling back into Canada. Mm-hmm. And there was a big deal made at the U.S. border, uh, border people checking U.S. citizens leaving. Now, when I drove up, they just waved me on. They wanted nothing to do with me, but... Anybody with a U.S. plate, I mean, they were asking questions, they were looking in vehicles, and, you know, their own citizens were leaving, and I couldn't figure That's out strange. what the, the big deal was. I've never heard of them checking people who were leaving. I mean, oh, I, I worked in I've Vancouver. Seen several times. Aren't they yeah. putting a new uh, requirement on people coming back here? Aren't they uh, warning people that you're going to need a passport soon to come back into the United States? Isn't that starting soon? Well, maybe, but you don't look in the in, in back of a pickup truck for that. You know, it just depends probably on the uh, the point that you crossed. It, it just depends on the bureaucrats you're dealing with, and that's all I got. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, sometimes you're dealing with uh, nicer bureaucrats than others. Sometimes they got to stick up their butt. But, you know, you, if you're crossing a border, pretty much expect a, sh- uh, expect a shakedown from the U.S., guys. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. These are challenging times. Inflation, job security, political and financial uncertainty affect us all. Now more than ever, it's important to review your life insurance needs should something happen to you. Experts agree. Most families should have life insurance protection of 10 times their income. The great news is life insurance rates have never been this low. When you call Termco, Gil Edwards will tell you how affordable term life insurance can be. Gil specializes in saving people money on top-rated term life insurance. Find out if you're paying too much or if you don't have enough. Ask about the new return of premium plans, which return your entire premium back to you after 20 or 30 years, tax-free, guaranteed. Your family's protected either way. Get the best coverage with Termco at the lowest possible rate. Call Termco for a free no-obligation quote. Call 800-685-3314. 800-685-3314. That's 800-685-3314.